Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, 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 and welcome to another week of We'll Make a Disney Out of You. Hello, John. Hello, Thomas. How are, How are you? you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm very excited because we are um, introducing two people who I'm very excited, who are here all the way from America. It is Tara and Ryan. Hello! Hello! Welcome. <laughs> excited to be, you made it sound like we're in the studio. We are still in I wish, Texas. I wish we were there visiting. <laughs> this is so exciting for me because I remember I got into your um, podcast a few months ago, didn't I? Um, really randomly I think probably through Instagram actually originally um, and loved it and found myself kind of almost talking along to you whilst you were chatting and I thought this is I love it that's actually the goal that's yeah that's what we wanted it to feel like so that makes me so happy that you just want to talk to us as you're listening it also felt like a very personal like you 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 were very very sweet and messaged us and said Oh, you two have such a great chemistry, and it felt like beyond the podcast, you were just uh, uh, complimenting us, which is <laughs> yeah. I love validation and compliments. So I was extremely excited. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> felt like you were complimenting our marriage. So that was very nice. <laughs> of course, <laughs> goals, babes, goals. I think for me, it was like literally like listening to your podcast. Like we were just just chatting a second ago about the fact that we just talk about all of our random rubbish that we talk about at the beginning of our podcast is just that you guys go on the same tangents and I love it and also <laughs> listening to it, Ryan your craniacs as well like you know oh just, wow thanks love it love it just it's very us let's that's say great. thank us. you for listening to both my podcasts that's that's, <laughs> that's great we were, I have listened to um some of the episodes I will say I was very excited to when I saw that you guys also did uh return to Oz because those mm-hmm. kind of weird Disney stuff is is right. Like that's something we were very excited to do as part of this podcast is to bring back those those movies that when we were kids we went, oh, I love this movie, and then you rewatch it. I, if if I could give everyone in the world the gift of watching Return <laughs> to Oz with Tara for her, her quote unquote first time, although she found out she watched it, a lot it wasn't as a kid. apparently I watched it all the time as a kid. My best friend was what? like, we watched that. All the time, and I think I blocked it out yes, because of how horrifying it was. It was so wonderful. Was it Mombi? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So every time, every time anything happened, she's like, "They're electroshocking Dorothy." Like her face was amazing. <laughs> I was just like, I stopped watching the movie and just turned and started watching her. But yes, so seeing uh, you two have like very similar experiences with like, what is this movie? It's wonderful, but it's also traumatic. was was great, and I love the Pinocchio episode because Pinocchio and Alice in Wonderland, I think, were the two. Yes, Alice in Wonderland was the one I really really liked because I liked the whole breakdown of um, the the manias and and how each character was something. I listen. We could Thank make you. this an entire uh, episode of me this. just going back and saying which ones I, I liked. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> going i'm lapping it up the one that i listened to most recently was peter pan and Mm. i did it purposefully because that was one that was very hard for us 
because we loved it as children. And then mm-hmm. we loved Mary Martin's Peter Pan. So we also watched that before we did our episode. And there's a couple songs in there that, Aren't you know, great. don't age well. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what I loved about your episode was hearing like how Peter Pan in your area of the world you know, how influential it is and how everyone knows the story. And then, you know, singing in different, was it choirs or, you know, yeah. performances or whatever. And so that was really fascinating to me because I was like, that at least brings it back in a different way that we don't really have that connection to here in the States. So, But also I feel like we're going through and just uh, killing our childhoods by uh, really looking into the real stuff behind the movies. And it's I was true. like, how much they've changed now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how horrific they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as kids we were like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'd argue it made us who we are today and I have nothing wrong. I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> Thomas, yes. tell me. Yes. What have you been watching on Disney Plus this week? It's been another nothing. week. I've not watched any <laughs> Disney oh. Plus. Other than what we're doing today, which, you know, there's a huge amount. I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, I have been on residential, which is like a in Britain, it's like where we take our children from our school to a different part of the country and they do loads of outdoor sports and mm. rock climbing and all of that kind of thing for a I week. love you um, feeling the need to like explain some of this stuff. Yes. <laughs> In case you don't know what residential is, guys. <laughs> no, no, we don't have we that. Do not, I, I no. feel like I would have would have you know, like don't change the format of the the show to dumb down for an American audience this no, no, time. No, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> Basically, I've spent a whole week with um sort of 10 to 11 year olds and so literally i've been on like working all day every day all night um so yeah i've been away in derbyshire which has been exciting but yeah haven't had much time to watch anything at all really this week if oh, Tom. but i have been watching all the harry potters again oh. i've been watching that while i was writing my reports so you know that. so you have had time to watch disney plus jokes it's fine weekend. well this week on disney plus I have been watching something, and I'm really late to the party. Sorry, person there. You're, like, you're welcome. Um, straight off. Straight off. <laughs> oh, I can't stop myself. I get excited, and it comes out. Um, so I've been watching various cartoons before I go to bed, basically. We like a little happy 22-minute bit of a before we go to sleep. Um, and I've worked my way through with Liam. Uh, stuff like The Great North, we love that. Um, Solar Opposites. Do you guys have the same stuff on Disney Plus that was, we do in the UK? Though? I was about to say that all is on Hulu here, so and I think they're yes. looking to merge oh, the two. I've been hearing lately and have it be one thing here as well. So in the UK, we have on Disney Plus. You've got your Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, Pixar, and then you've got Star. And Star is mm. all I think is all the stuff that you get on Hulu mm-hmm. uh, in the states. So basically, when I'm talking about stuff on Disney Plus, we'll go Hulu. Um, so what I have been watching just recently because we've run out of everything else is Bob's Burgers. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. We're obsessed with it. I love Bob's Burgers. I can't believe we've only got 11 years worth to catch up. With. I need to send you, I need to send you a picture. We were Bob and Linda for Halloween. Was that last year? Two <gasps> years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. yeah during oh the pandemic. God, I love that. This is one of the pandemic Tom, years. It? Yeah. I haven't watched any of it. Oh, it's so, so good. It's hilarious. It's so okay. good. And I love Linda. So much. She's yeah. my favorite. Voices. One episode, I can't remember what season. It's later in the seasons. I know it's not early on, but it's kind of like Linda's Day. It's like Mother's Day. And it's like just everything 
that happens to her. She goes through this like series of, of things of trying to she get back lost home. And they're trying to yeah, find her. And yeah. it's and they're learning about like what she does when she's only with one kid or when she's by herself because <laughs> they're like trying to retrace her steps. It's one of my favorite episodes. But all their uh, holiday episodes are always really good. They do like a lot of Halloween ones and Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and stuff. And those ones are always really fun mm-hmm. too. But I am just watching the most recent season. I'm not caught up yet. But I was saying to him the other day, I was like, I'm still so impressed that I laughed so hard this many seasons in. Like it's still- So it doesn't change. Yeah, to me, it is still very funny. And I just, I don't understand how they have- the brains to keep coming up with new stuff. Like it's still, it's still funny. It still feels relevant. Like, yeah. The two that we just watched, which I loved, uh, were one of them was the, uh, the robbery. The oh, hold up. so we're still in season one. Yeah. Hilarious. Where basically she ends up trying to, uh, basically pull the, uh, the guy who stole from them. Yes. Mm, okay. I remember. Um, and what was the other one we did? I don't know. My brain wanders a lot. Should be getting some of the wrestling, trust me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> love it though. So yeah, we're watching about three episodes a night at the moment. We're only two nights in, so obsessively. Anyway, shall we uh, crack on? Yes. So what what are we covering this week? Thank you for asking, Thomas. Today, <laughs> we will be discussing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is one from Ooh. my childhood that I love same love, yeah love, love. i want i i couldn't remember the last time i'd seen it but i watched it so much as a kid i don't know if i've same. seen it as an adult but like as a child i watched it all the time yeah. i definitely hadn't watched it in at least uh, 15, 15 20 years, years? Yeah, yeah yeah i was the same yeah. way where when it came out this was right in prime I don't know if y'all had Disney Channel in the UK. Like we had a legit channel that was on cable that was yeah. just Disney stuff. Yeah, okay. we did. So totally there's a loved a bit of that. There's a lot of like the like I rewatched the making of that was on there that the whole time it was Rick Moranis in front of a green screen, like <laughs> next to like so like literally they just went around the office and went, I don't know, get a close up picture of this breakfast, get a close up picture of this stapler. <laughs> and Rick Ramsey's just like, Here I am and like had no like made no indication of what was behind him other than yeah. that he was small. But he the whole time he's like, This is how we did this, this is how we did this. And I watched that over and over again. They advertised the heck out of it. I think there were certain things that got more play on Disney Plus than they did when they got released. So I have Oh, like on the Disney Channel? You on mean? the Disney Channel, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so um, I have like memories of certain movies. And I'm like, oh, you guys didn't watch that nine times? And they're like, we didn't have Disney Channel. And we didn't go see it when it was in theater. We only had Disney Channel when it was free. Did your family pay for it? Yeah. All right. Our experience of it as well. We literally, my, na- I, my parents didn't have satellite TV, so but my my nan did. And it was literally like you. she would buy the Disney Channel when it was like really cheap. Yeah, like, when they'd advertise I, this special or whatever, yeah. Yeah, over the winter and then over the summer she'd stop it. But literally, the, my aunt and my nan used to like video, like record mm-hmm. like all of the films off the Disney Channel. So when we didn't have the Disney Channel, we just ended up carrying watching the same stuff. And Honey, I Shrunk the Kid was one of those films that we recorded and watched on repeat. So yeah, that's how I... We, how I watched it so many times. That's great. We did that with uh, HBO, and now I'm trying to play myself off as a man of the people and be like, I'm like you. We had <laughs> we had to sometimes get the free weekend. Uh, no, we did we did the same thing with HBO, but I I guess we were doing well in the late 80s and 90s, so we had we were Disney Channel rich, I guess. 
so back when I was a child in 1902, <laughs> um, we had three channels that you could view easily. We then had a fuzzy fourth channel that sometimes if you got the aerial to the exact position and kind of like blurred your vision slightly, you could kind of make stuff out. That was your lot. Yeah. So when we did record stuff, we just wore out the tape. Just Doctor yeah. Who and Are You Being Served? And I'm, I'm trying to think it, of yeah. other stuff that like came on in the middle of the night on PBS here, which we were like, this is the only thing they have in the UK. Yeah, that was it. So we could, they could churn out all the TV and we'd lap it up. John, do you remember when Channel 5 came out? And literally like... That was the most like exciting the, thing in the world ever. It was the biggest thing. And then literally like, you'd have like the weeks, it would just be like a um, like the, the card, like just saying number five. And it was like the Spice Girls would pop up every once in a while to advertise the TV channel. Do you not remember that? I love this. That's it was the great. most amazing thing. And Channel 5 was so tabloid as well. It was, oh, it was like awful. just... <laughs> oh, Loved it. I love this so much. Soaps and stuff. Stunning. Anywho, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. This was released uh, on June the 23rd in 1989. Uh, So I was 12. So that is a really specific point in my life. Big time, actually. Oh, f off, Tom. Eight? I was. Four. Between three and four, yeah. Four, yeah. Yeah, so. So, Tom, we're similar. (laughs) Age wise, yeah. children the youth um the budget was 18 million and it made a whopping 80 million dollars it made a whopping 222.7 million dollars did you see what that was did you see what that was like adjusted for inflation yes it was like a half half a billion billion dollars dollars. yeah yeah that's like avengers money that was like early avengers money (laughs) like that's insane but also when i think back to it i don't I mean, I guess we did watch it all the time, but I don't remember it having like this massive buzz. But then again, back then, there was no internet. There was no whatever. It was kind of word yeah. of mouth. Well, the other thing is it, my... it premiered at number two because it was the same yeah. summer as Batman. And Which like I love as well. They were, I love that listen, Batman. That's oh. still my favorite Batman movie. Um, yes. I, uh, it, it was, it, it, there was all this stuff they were doing to try to get it to finally be the one to beat batman which is why like the roger in america the roger rabbit uh tummy trouble short was put on before it and they were trying to do all this stuff to do it and they still couldn't crack crack the bat i don't know <laughs> um but like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so it was it, it, i think that was insane that it made that much money being a a movie that never got higher than number two at the box office which is crazy see with uh with the whole roger rabbit thing here we had tummy trouble uh, in the uk before the little mermaid mm. so totally different but also kind of when you look at the storylines of each movie at least honey i shot the kids is kind of more madcap and kind of goes with the whole roger rabbit thing yeah. to stick roger rabbit before mm. ariel <laughs> and when you think of the uh, the demographic that they're, yeah. they're selling ariel to yeah it was a little, little different it's like getting everyone really wound up and then be like okay now sit down and listen to this really touching story <laughs> I watched Tommy Trouble earlier on today. I did too. I love that. Yes. <laughs> and what I got from it. Okay. So I actually did a brief synopsis of it. Uh, just for people who haven't seen it, who are listening. It was, and this kind of goes back to our Roger Rabbit episode from a few weeks ago. It was the first of three Roger Rabbit shorts. Uh, and basically in every single one of the shorts, Roger Rabbit is babysitting Baby Herman and various madcap things ensue. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, Baby Herman uh, swallows a rattle uh, so he has to be rushed off to hospital to get it removed. Uh, at this point, the rattle goes shooting up Baby Herman and ends up 
being swallowed by Roger, blah, 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 blah. All sorts of shit happens. And I just noted on here a few things. One was, it's the most dangerous hospital in the world ever. (laughs) It has got radioactive material. It has got a wall full of explosives. This... This one, I uh, rewatching it, I felt like again. So if if you're a uh, Taryn Ryan's Princess Diary listener, this is going to fall under our childhood trauma theater kind of sub mm-hmm. sub podcast. But I, I had childhood trauma with this cartoon. I, the part where the doctor pulls out a chainsaw and he's going to open up <laughs> Roger, like I I had a like now I was like, oh, this is silly. But when I was a kid, I was like, is he gonna like? I got really upset. Like for some reason, I think I hospitals were safe and you go to a hospital like listen i've mm. got completely different view on hospitals now but like when i was a kid it was like that doctors take care of you and doctors do this and they're infallible and it was like they want they had that radioactive stuff they just at the end of the the thing there's just a pile of like explosives yeah. that they run into that i'm wall. like it, it made me really anxious as a kid i remember that so how many tiny UK four-year-olds that were waiting to watch Ariel prance around in the Little Mermaid were destroyed? Right. <laughs> Before the movie even started, just yeah. beforehand. <laughs> also, the other thing I noticed was uh, at the end of it, right at the very end, so uh, they do uh, they do the cartoon short and then it kind of cuts away to being mm-hmm. as it is in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and you're kind of seeing behind the scenes of like Baby Herman with his kind of little gruff voice and stuff. And then Jessica comes out been all sexy sexy with roger and ask if she wants to, if he wants to go off and play pat cake with him and again for those little teeny tiny well brought up british four-year-olds right <laughs> and and that's kathleen turner they it's in the credits they paid that. her to come and do like the two yeah. lines oh but you, i love kathleen turner yeah no I, I went off on one about her yeah she's amazing um apart from slightly problematic moments in friends but we talked about that in the episode. <laughs> oh i forgot <laughs> about a, that uh-huh. You know, oh, friends. Yeah. A, 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 a that's a show that has absolutely no problems in it. Looking forward, <laughs> there's no issues whatsoever. <laughs> friends: colon Gay Panic, the show. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Um, so, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids has got currently a 78% uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Would we all agree? I would give it more. I think I would too. We, I think I'd put it higher. We have a big thing with problem with Rotten Tomatoes because when it when a movie Good. is seventy eight percent, it doesn't mean it's like a C plus. It means yeah. that seventy eight percent of the critics said, yeah, it was good. So that could like make a okay movie if everybody agrees that like because if you're looking at that, that means every critic could say, eh, it's just slightly better than bad, and it could have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, if every single critic so, says it's just slightly better than bad. One thing that Tom and I have talked about previously uh, on the podcast is I love like a fifty five, fifty eight percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Yeah, it makes me want to watch it because I like it when it's very Marmite, which is a phrase we use over here. Uh, so you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. Marmite's like the Vegemite I get sometimes I, when I try to actually, relive my short time in Australia. Yeah, that's what I picture. Vegemite is Marmite's bland cousin. <laughs> Got <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Basically. I'll have to, next time Marmite's I'm at an like, a, a, a international food store, try Marmite this time. Because I will oh, say, I'm always like, it. oh, I used to love Vegemite. And then I have like about two Vegemite sandwiches. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it. I'm good. <laughs> oh, Marmite is zingy. It's oh, so zingy. And I love it. I'll give it a try. One thing I wanted to talk about before we actually get into the making of this film mm. is grammar. Mm. Oh. So, Thomas, you should know this because you're a teacher. There is incorrect grammar in the title. <laughs> is that? 
<laughs> and I'm going to quote from something. So I did Google this because the first thing that came up was this. Shrank, and this is a quote, this isn't me wording this. <laughs> shrank is the best choice when you want to use uh, the past tense of shrink. E.g., yeah. I shrank my t-shirt in the dryer. Use shrunk when you use the past participle. I have shrunk my t-shirt in the dryer. Oh. This this fact is so much better coming with a British accent. Uh, it, it sounds so much more like, yes, of course, yes. Now, you guys said you just did um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, like the whole yeah. thing of like it has no question mark at the end. It's just, uh, yeah. it's, there's. I feel like at this it's point... It's telling you Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, but it, it's also, I feel like people miss, at this point, they're not worried like grammar is they're not worried about teaching kids grammar or like correct sentence structure oh, they're just like get it out there tom is very concerned about teaching kids grammar yes i'm <laughs> well, I mean, say that this passed this completely passed you by i do teach six to seven year olds and past thomas doesn't come until your year six so you know i was a little bit like oh, okay <laughs> by by not teaching i meant jeffrey katzenberg was not interested in, in teaching kids <laughs> grammar at that point <laughs> No, he was interested in making money. Exactly. Mm. Very well done, Jeffrey. Okay, so this was originally brought to Disney under the title Teeny Weenies, which was originally a comic strip that first started in 1914 mm. and ran for 50 years. And it was basically a bit like the borrowers. So you had little teeny tiny people interacting with mm. human-sized oh, things. Did you love the borrowers, Tom? I loved the borrowers. I always get quite excited by the borrowers. Like I, we read it, we read it when I was at school, and then we had like the TV program. Do you remember the TV series? The was that like when was that? Was that like early nineties? Early nineties, and it had um, I think it was Penelope Penelope Wilton. Penelope Wilton, yeah, yeah, and, and oh my god, and Ian Home. Yes. Oh really? They were. I just oh, I loved it. It was such Ian a Home is um, is is uh, la, 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 Bill Bear Baggins. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He started out with the board. Well, he didn't. He started out way before that, but you know. And I used to love it because as the second season was set in a model village and my me and my cousin Kim and I used to bloody love model villages. Now, like, are, are model villages a phenomenon that happens like all over the UK? Like my reference to it is the final fight in Hot Fuzz where oh, they're fighting and yeah. there's a, they keep talking about the mm-hmm. model village. And I didn't know if that was just something to that fictional place or is that something that... That is literally all we do. <laughs> all we do, like literally, like there's take breaks all of, for tea like, really, and make like, villages. Yeah, we the only touristy eat sandwiches. <laughs> all the touristy villages and like towns in like the middle of nowhere in the UK have a model village. That's and just a smaller version of the village that you're currently yeah. looking at. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you know you could walk through the village and be like, I wonder what would this, what would Stay this look like as a like, giant. I think I have something that I can show you. Bear with me. You okay. carry on. In a minute. This is where Tom gets out his model village. I just, I just, <laughs> to me, it's like thing. just get up on the hill and look. It's <laughs> look at the village, <laughs> like you know, like go, you get farther feel away. Like a giant. Oh, okay, you you want to you want to Godzilla through village. it. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I took it one step further because now I'm really into Lego. Mm, yeah, yeah. So this is my thing now that I got into uh, as like therapy after I lost my mum. Um, mm. I couldn't think probably I couldn't read anymore so I was like Shit. and you kind of drawn back to that whole nostalgia thing anyway and my nostalgic thing that I used to do when I was a kid I used to while away the hours pretty much every weekend with just like a massive load of Lego and of course now you can get um, 
you can get all sorts like Star Wars and all that kind of shit and Avengers, which we've got loads of that. Got a load of Disney. Oh my god, my biggest and best Lego thing is uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle, which Ooh, is yeah. huge. They just released uh, a new also, version of it with like I know, fake fireworks. Get it, You're gonna get it, okay? <laughs> honestly, she's. I need them both, like in cabinets. But actually, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, I got my house valued uh, a couple of years ago, and the estate agent came in and just casually went. How many children do you have? <laughs> yeah. So I just really quickly looked around and was like, two. <laughs> you made an About estimate based on how much you had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he bought it. It's like, like two yeah, children's worth. Thomas, welcome back. What I was looking for. Yeah. I can't find what I was looking oh. for. Basically, the, how popular model villages are is I have a book that's like every model village in the whole of the United oh, Kingdom. Tom, oh my gosh. So great. Cool. So funny. I am really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so well, I I wanted to jump in real quick because there were a couple yeah. other names that uh, were pitched before uh, uh, after Teeny Weenies got shut down. Yeah, uh, the two I saw one was called just the Big Backyard. Yeah, uh, and the other one was called Grounded, which I thought was very yeah. interesting because I want to jump in real quick. I have been playing a game lately called Grounded, um, which okay. is done by Obsidian. It's the guys if you're a video game fan, they did Fallout New Vegas, they do Pillars of Eternity, I believe. Um, but it's, it's it, like you're speaking a foreign language. It's, it's okay. There's there's <laughs> two listeners out there who are super. I, I into played it. Fallout New Vegas. You played you played New Vegas a little bit. It's okay, glitchy. Yeah. I know. Is Fallout you were, being you made into a TV sweet. series? Do what? Isn't Fallout being made into a TV series? That's the thing. Isn't it? I, I think so. On Amazon, you know who's in that is Walt Walton Goggins, uh, from oh from Justified, the bad guy who you love, who's not oh, the bad guy by the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is his name? What is that character's name? Big Teeth. It's not going anyway, to come to me. He's going to be in it as a ghoul, which is exciting. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, Grounded is a, a survival game, which traditionally is like there's maybe a story, but the big deal is like you go around. Like Minecraft is kind of a survival game where you go around and you build things or you take you, you do um, you take resources and do stuff with them and there's enemies coming. But this one is essentially Honey, I Shrunk the Video Game. And it's so much fun because they do similar. We'll get into this in a second with the movie. Like, a, a blade of grass is a tree. So you cut down a blade of grass and you have to make stuff out of grass and twigs and mm. like certain, uh, like you have to get, you have to build up your ability to be able to take down like thicker blades of grass. All the enemies are like gnats, ants, uh, spiders, ladybugs. Like it's all this stuff. And you can, then you build armor out of those pieces. It's, it's so much fun, but you're in a backyard and it's like in, in, in games when you run around and there's like um, points of interest and it's like, you know, if you're in a game like Fallout 4, it's like Boston. So it's like Bunker Hill and it's all these specific things there. It's like um, someone dropped a Lego or a juice box or like all this <laughs> stuff. And like you go, it's like baseball. Like so this big thing, like you come upon this giant baseball. It's like this big thing appears on the screen. Like it's you're about to get told some very interesting story. And it's just like baseball. And then when you look <laughs> at the map, that's what it is. It's it's a ton of fun. I, I totally um, it, there's also all this stuff. The whole idea is, is there's a scientist who shrunk himself down and you're kind of like following his story of like his different labs and stuff and some of them are like under the pond and some of them are like up in a hedge where all the spiders are and things like that Mm. it's a lot of fun but i thought finding out that it's the name grounded is based off of this like it because it's there's no way you play that game and and don't think oh they based a lot of this off of honey i shrunk the kids and to call it the one of the defunct the the names that didn't go through was interesting did you see who wrote this or who pitched the movie initially? Yes, and I love that because it's, I'm a big fan of horror movies. Yes, it it was the <laughs> so di- director me. of Reanimator. I know, I love it, and producer Reanimator as well. Yes. Like it was the, these three guys, which I 
love. And also, do you know what? When I was doing a rewatch, yeah, I rewatched the other day and I rewatched again today. And knowing that information, there are certain scenes in the movie that if you change the soundtrack and made it darker and just made literally it visually darker, but kept the entire scene, it would be a horror movie. There was still there some was music still in some, there that was yeah, horror movie music. Yeah, there were some music, music stings it was, with the lawnmower. A lot of it is very family. I think it was played for humor. Yeah, Because like when the, the kid when comes the, up yeah. with the lawnmower, with it's the like, lawnmower. dun, dun. I yeah. was like, this is hilarious. Like, I mean, knowing that the kids are going to be okay, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. I totally but agree the music when you the music when you get the fight between um, Auntie and the Scorpion is so yes. cheery yes, and believably cheery, considering what's about to happen. That mm-hmm. is very misleading music. Yeah. As we were saying, it was uh, Stuart Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, Ed Naha, and also Brian User, um, who were the three people that brought the uh, the story through. They are known for, uh, where was it with this one? Stuart Gordon. Okay, so he uh, did various episodes of Masters of Horror and Fear Itself, which I love both mm. of those TV series. So when you think about what direction this film could have gone in, kind of like that. Um, and they should do a remake that would be horror because I would lap that <laughs> up. Um, Ed Naha is mainly known as a writer and he wrote the novelizations of Ghostbusters 2 and the first two Robocop movies. Again, I love all three of those. Mm. Um, and Brian User is the most messed up because he his breakthrough in directing was the satirical body horror movie Society. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So You different. don't know what these are, but like... No, that's fine. You don't want to know. I don't either. Yeah, just from your reactions, Tara, I was like, I'm good. Tara <laughs> recently has started watching a bunch of horror stuff, and one of the ones I've been like, oh, we should watch is The Fly. And then she saw a I clip saw on The Fly. I saw something on Instagram with Jeff Goldblum, like, as it's- Being I don't, very gooey. With, like, all the goo, and I was like, <laughs> I, like I don't want to watch this. where I draw I like, a line. Oh. I get very grossed you know out. What? By the goo. It is the goo thing because it's also who's going to clean that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some thing. PA on set. Like, <laughs> some intern. Yeah. Is yeah. Be like mopping. Mopping. Um, so it was originally going to be Stuart Gordon who was going to direct it. Disney ended up having concerns that the movie was going to be too dark. Uh, and at one point he thought that Stuart Gordon was going to kill off the kids. Um, oh, but basically, Stuart Gordon, I know, but Stuart Gordon said that he wouldn't kill off the kids, but he wanted the audience to believe that he possibly could. Um, mm. As we know, Killed off someone else instead, and that was well traumatic, probably to me. More traumatic yeah. than killing off the kids. Tara, how did you cope with that death? I was. It was hard. It was really hard because as I was watching it, I was remembering like seconds before it was happening. Yes, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Auntie, I remember Auntie, and like how like." And then and I'm sitting here like, with them, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, like, oh, no. Auntie helps them." <laughs> And then I was like, oh, no. And then, like, <laughs> seconds later, the scorpion shows up. And I was like, oh. But I, in the subtitles, it says Ant Whimper. Like, it actually, oh, like, describes God. it. And I was like, that's even sadder yeah. to watch that's it with the, the subtitles on. I've started watching everything with subtitles at the moment. Just yeah. because it's just you, you find out so much more. I think it was you that told me to do that. Yeah. It? Yeah, we do yeah. as well. Yeah. So we picked up on both Martin and I because we were watching it together. We pe- we picked up on ant whimpers and like, yeah. like it was a scorpion. Yeah. I was like, oh, makes it even worse. Seriously, that scene felt like it could easily be re- rewritten without the like death stab from the, the scorpion. Death blow. Like, you know, him just throw him no. and get him out of there. No, no you're no, you're like you needed he, to see has it. to go. You needed to <sighs> yes because of um, Ron getting his redemption and stop being a little. Sh- 
Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's a good arc in this movie. They do. Even their dad. We I were saying that lot. too. Like oh, Russ sacrifices Big himself. Russ. <laughs> Big Russ is the one who like goes small first out of all the adults. And I feel like that's something I wouldn't expect that character to do. I I like Big Russ because of who they cast. Because A, he's still called yes. Big Russ. And there's the yeah. whole like, I used to be little like you and now I'm huge. I'm like, you're a scarecrow. You're a very skinny, like, you're not, like, you're tall, but there's yeah. no amount of weight lifting will make you taller. Like, what are you talking about? And I love this is, like, him trying to recapture it. I don't know. I thought he was a very funny character. Anyway, continue. I loved him. What did I write about Big Russ? I wrote, oh, I just he starts off a bit of a d- He did, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. And basically, at the 100%. end of it, redemption. We like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that Ron is obviously more similar to uh, Big Russ than Lil Russ is, mm-hmm. which I guess is why he's so darned disappointed in Little Russ, <laughs> who is literally tiny. He's really not that short either. No. He looks like an average child size, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it just Crazy. boils down to Matt Frewer being very tall. Like, and again, that's the big. It's not like, I feel like they wrote that role for someone who looks like Mr. Incredible or something. Like with really broad shoulders or something, yeah. Like some ex, like, listen, I I grew up in Texas. We're in Texas right now. I can spot someone's like, "Mm, you had a good high school football career. Like, and like, like, like that kind of big look. I used to have, when I was in football, our coach literally was named Coach Strong. And he looked exactly like Mr. Incredible, where it was like, he'd never seen a leg day in his life, but he had giant, like, Pizza. Like shoulders, it's a pizza slice. Yeah, yeah. He looked like a pizza slice. Exactly. <laughs> Great. But now I'm sounds down with that. sounds like a terrible football coach. Like Coach Strong, he was built like that. He was one of the like a very a a uh, uh, early teacher that I was like, you know, he was like, yeah, you should play football, but also like, like he didn't. He wasn't the typical Texas football coach. I'm saying that as if he listens to our podcast and he's going to hear this. <laughs> but whatever. hey, Mister Strong, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, <laughs> So everything was kind of floating along with this terrifying group of people that were going to produce this terrifying film. Mm. Uh, and then Disney thought it might be a little bit too terrifying. However, uh, they uh, they got in Stuart Gordon um, to... Not Stuart Gordon, what am I talking about? They got in Tom Shulman. Apologies. Again, I've rewritten, but it's still a little bit GP-like. Mm-hmm. Um, they got in Tom Shulman seven days before they were due to start filming. Oh, um, wow. To, wow. To basically rewrite it from a drama to a comedy. And he did it. He did it amazingly well. To rewrite it? Solo. Not rewrite the script, yeah. Seven days. Yeah. What 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 were the kids sold on? Like what were all the actors like like they come in, they're like, by the Acor- way, this is the comedy. According now. to the internet gods. Oh, okay. Who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah. Again, I never claim for any of this stuff to be true. Same, <laughs> same. When, when I look, look up stuff. Up. We're lovers, like, not experts. Yeah, I'm like, you can go fact check it, but this is what I found. <laughs> and sometimes I think, I don't want to fact check that. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> don't take that from me. It's good. Um, so basically, he came in as screenwriter, um, and he had won an Academy. So this is a weird one, okay? This is what I didn't quite get. So he won an Academy Award uh, for the best screenplay for Dead Poet Society, which was semi-autobiographical. And I'm like, so how did they choose him? Because that isn't a comedy. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. Not that at all. That isn't a lighthearted family romp um, to come in and rewrite this. Anyway, they did. It worked. Maybe he's quite funny after all. Um, Justice production was starting as well. Stuart Gordon got sick. So he was gone. Um, and they brought in Joe Johnston. So mm. Joe Johnston, I knew nothing about. And I did uh, a medium dive. <laughs> Born in Austin, not Texas. Not shallow, not deep. Hey. Was he? Yeah, I just I saw that on his Wikipedia. <laughs> Smooth. Um, I love that, actually. Very on brand. Um, so 
he started out his career in the 70s working on mine and Tom's favorite ever movies, Star Wars. Oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Too. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he okay. did. He got a yeah, he got an Oscar for Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he started off working on miniatures and blah, 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 optical effects for the Star Wars movies. He worked That's on very um, on brand. For I do want to say he was well. he was a production designer on two of my favorite movies. And is yes. the, the Ewok Adventure and yes. the Ewok Adventure oh. Two. This, I was wrong. When I, the it things I was saying, it's not the guy with Joe Dante. He was oh. with. He did Spielberg and and Lucas stuff. Okay. But he worked on the Ewok Adventure. That's he might great. be on my poster. Is he on my is he poster? On your poster? We have an Ewok. No. Uh, I got an Ewok poster. poster. Yes, it's... I love that <laughs> so much because I count them as canon. Oh, I love yes. them. They are awesome movies. Okay, they're, they're um, wonderful. <laughs> Liam, my partner, will not watch them. He's like, nah. And he <laughs> adores Star Wars, and he knows all the about Star Wars that I don't know, and he knows all the stuff about legends and yada 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 yada. But he won't accept really? Man of Courage or Battle for Endor. <laughs> I really awesome. liked, I really really liked them, but the thing that I had problems with was the fact that the animals were real animals that you'd find on Earth. Oh yeah, they just had they, like bunnies and stuff an, as like props. Owl. Yeah. Or like yeah. a chicken. Yeah. But they they got nasty and they got less family because in Battle for Endor they killed off an entire family bar one in the first five minutes. Oh no! Wait, that was what I was just. I, That's you okay. didn't hear that. I didn't, didn't hear, hear that. that. I zoned out. I zoned out. I'll forget it. I or was trying. Yeah. Or, or did they? they? <laughs> well, yes. Or did they? We watched. Mark. We watched the first one. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, "I like this, but I need the 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 one kid to shut up." Like the whole yeah. Mace, he's so Mace bratty. Tawani. That's right. I know their names. He'll um, shut up. He'll uh, shut up forever. <laughs> yes, eventually. But so. We're watching it, and I, I, so I wore out a Betamax. This is how old I am. A Betamax tape of the. They were the little ones, weren't they? Yeah, they were smaller. There was like Sony's yeah. version um, of um, the first viewing of it. So we're watching it on Disney Plus, and I kept kind of like every once in a while, I'd kind of, you know, wiggle in my seat. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "There's supposed to be a McDonald's commercial here." Like I'm like, like I, <laughs> this is really throwing me off that the commercials aren't coming in where they're supposed to. And then I found online, there's a YouTube video that is all the commercials from the original broadcast of the Ewok Adventures, like in order where it starts. It goes, "The Ewok Adventures is brought to you by Coca-Cola and McDonald's," and then they go into them. And I'm like, I remember all the like I have such vivid memories because of how often I watched that tape. <laughs> Oh. It, it was the same with me when we did Who, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit because my only experience of it as a child was watching it from a, a video recording from the television. Mm-hmm. So that there was like a Guinness advert that is like always in my head that I always remember where it was two people yeah. sitting on the sofa. But it feels weird watching it now without those advert breaks. Mine was the um, television cut which had different scenes than the theatrical cut of Ghostbusters. And then when I was in college, we went to go see Ghostbusters like a re-release in theaters. And like... I had never heard the like we came, we saw, we kicked its ass line because it had been cut out, and then there were like completely different scenes, like 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 p like PGG jokes over like like uh, yes, this man has no. Dick. It's like it was like yes, this man's some kind of rodent. We're not sure which, and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is much funnier. Like when I saw it in the in the theater. Um, but is it cool if I jump in? Speaking of Ghostbusters, I have some kind yeah, of like fun it. facts about like the original ideas for the casting. Did you see any uh-huh. of that stuff? Maybe. Because okay. this was written with Chevy Chase Speak in mind. Speak up if you don't yeah. want him to take your fact. 
You can have my facts. It's fine. Uh, it was written with now. Chevy Chase in mind as as Wayne Zelinsky, which sounds horrible. Yeah, um, I don't. Yeah. And then they were going to give it to John Candy, and then John Candy said, "You should do Rick Moranis." Mm. Which is exactly what happened to his character in Ghostbusters. They went to John Candy first, and he said, "Have you? You should." John Candy kept trying to do that character as German, and they're like, "This what? is not cu-. like he wanted, like because that's well, he was going to be Lewis. Yeah, he was going to be Lewis, and he said, "No, you, like it was probably a much easier sell the second time around because the first time he's like, "Hey, you should." They were in on uh, Canadian SCTV together. So he was like, you should check out Rick Moranis for this role. And Rick Moranis eventually was Lewis Tully. And the exact same thing happened again, apparently with, uh, this movie was he, they, they went for John Candy again. He's like, this is a Rick Moranis role. You're trying to give me a Rick Moranis role. <laughs> what did you, what did you guys think of the, um, all the Ghostbusters movies? What did you think of the female led one? And what did you think of, uh, the new one? We have not seen the new one. I know we need to, Oh, we haven't, no, we don't need to see it. Yeah, you do. It's oh, amazing. Oh, Tom, you oh haven't seen God, it. Sorry. I saw Tom even. shaking his head. I was like, oh, is it bad? Have we done? No. <laughs> I've heard different oh reviews God, about it. Okay. so good. I loved it. Yeah. Love, love, we love, We need love, to see it. it. And it's emotional and it's a proper story arc. And yeah. you get all the feels. And my thing is, is that I'm really <laughs> at crying. I don't cry in movies. I get goosebumps. Mm. Um, and I had goosebumps a lot. I had goosebumps on my goosebumps at various points. In that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. The Lady so Ghostbusters. Good. I feel like there was a good movie there, but I feel like they were trying to. I feel like they felt all the pressure of having to do it, yeah. and they tried too hard. And I feel like they forced jokes that either should have been edited out or not in there. I think there was a good movie there somewhere, I, and then I think it yeah. lost its way. I go back and I watch scenes again. And there's stuff that really works, and there's like some of the stuff they do really does not work. I do re- the biggest thing I remember when we were watching it when they get to the end and they all shoot the ghost in the junk. Like Tara and I just look at each other and go, "Okay, we're like really, like, this like, is what we're doing." Like, in, like we need like the triumphant thing. We don't need a like every scene does not need like a joke button or a gimmick because yeah. I don't think the yeah. original is as funny as people remember. I think no. it's funnier than like an action movie, but like it's not yeah. like a gag fest and this and again, I think they tried to make a gag fest with with the new but one that reflects on the time doesn't it because you go yes. back to those kind of mid-80s movies mm-hmm. like uh the original gremlins movie which again is another one of my favorite oh. favorite movies and it was a horror yeah, yeah. we did yeah. that on the funny podcast as well <laughs> yeah, for Christmas. yeah have you done that we did it as a childhood drama for well Christmas. have you yeah. seen yeah. The, have you seen the burbs with tom hanks this yes. honey i shrunk the okay. kids it gave me a lot of burbs vibes like it had a lot of the burbs yeah. just like that same kind of feeling uh I think some thinking of it on it is because it's like how dangerous can a neighborhood be yeah like, i think yeah. it's like that whole that whole same thing um we i just i have completely forgot what i was gonna say it's gone never mind cut that out ryan <laughs> that's okay <laughs> that's what we say uh, on the podcast when i have to go back and cut something out cut that out ryan <laughs> we never cut anything out we keep it we love oh, it oh no <laughs> <laughs> so that's staying you're welcome um, do you know what the burbs was uh the first movie that i saw with carrie fisher in which she wasn't playing princess leia and mm-hmm. it broke me <laughs> yeah because you're like she does other things <laughs> She isn't regal. Yeah, yeah. She's I, not shooting people. What is this? I was much older than I tend to care to admit when I realized Chewbacca wasn't played by Chewbacca. It wasn't like Chewbacca as himself. Like, <laughs> when I realized there's a person in there. I was just like, kind of like, in the back of my mind, got placed as a fact that Chewbacca was a Wookiee who didn't have a lot of jobs after Star Wars. And then, like, one day someone was like, you know that's an actor. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> 
obviously. Oh God, that would kill me too. Do you know? Do, so I don't know when you listened to this episode because I can't remember which episode it's in. But there's one episode where um, I talk about the fact that um, so Liam, my partner, works in uh, a store called Hobbycraft over here, mm. which does what it says on the tin. It just sells hobby like glue and glitter and paper mm. and stuff. Um, and over in the UK, we have a lot of movies that are filmed, especially around the area that I live in. Um, and he was serving this guy uh, a few months ago, and it turned out that it was the, uh, I can't remember his name now because I haven't got the names, uh, but he was the guy who plays Chewbacca now. Oh, the oh, new wow. Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the old one because he's dead. Yeah, Peter Mayhew. So that would be awkward. R.I.P. Sorry, Thomas. What were you going to say, Tom? I mean, I'm sure his surname is Ericsson. Am I right in thinking that? That sounds right, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, that was a cool little thing that Liam did. Um, going on from, from what we were saying with the whole thing that Joe Johnson starts off in special effects, you can see that in the way mm-hmm. this film plays out 100%. And I love all the different styles of special effects that they kind of use because I love the fact they're stop motion because I yes. love stop motion animation mm-hmm. massively. I think one of the things that I noted from looking at the special effects in this movie is some of them have actually stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. And I think they're awesome. Some of them are horrific. Green screen, so bad. Yeah. Um, especially the green screen where um, Big Russ grows back to being big again. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And the sped up, they speed up the, the yeah. something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mm. agree with it that. It looks but a little bit TV. But all the practical effects, and yeah. we've talked about this in other yeah. movies that we'll watch, you know, from this era, the practical effects hold up. And I, yeah, part 100%. of me is like, let's go back. I know it's very expensive and a million reasons why people, but sometimes practical effects just work better. And I feel like yeah. it gives this, in this movie, especially that tactile experience too. Like you can really mm. feel grossed out when they're like in that mud or, you know, just yeah. like the hairs on the blades of grass and yeah. different things like that well, that when, they do. When I, it might be after the lawnmower scene, there's like pieces of grass falling on them. And I'm like, look at how weighted it is. And like, there was thought yeah. behind that. Yeah. Like, all Even this. just the movement of it. And there's, there, you know, the dust I, between the floorboards. That's like yeah. when they're up in the attic, yeah. like looking I for stuff. That. Yeah. And the, the one nail. And stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. uh, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, sorry, Tom, I didn't see you waving say, Well, I do, I do, I, I actually mourn the loss of this because, like, yeah. for me, it's like, as a creative and as, as a director, and, like, I, I look at these and think, like, it's such a massive talent pool that has gone. And I think um, the big other Rick Moranis film, which obviously I'm obsessed with and currently directing, um, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yes. So... Um, the original ending of the Little Shop of Horrors that, you know, he reported the guy who, the puppeteer and the, 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 the model maker who made that ending, like, it would cost them, like, three million or something, or 30, like, either three million or 30 million, whichever. Similar. And it was just completely cut. A cut. But when you mm-hmm. actually watch it and the detail and just the artistry that has gone into that ending is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And... But I can understand when you look at that, that when these has been cut, that's like a lot of money gone. That's a lot of time. That's a lot yeah. of... But I do miss it. And I think that for me in the Star Wars films, in the most recent one, one big, big, big bonus that's came from that is actually that we've gone, we went back to a lot of that. And actually, as you said, it's like, it's so much more tactile. It's mm-hmm. so much well, more... Re- it allows actors to interact and have like real, mm. like they're not just going, oh, a tennis ball. Well, now you're not relying on 
the actor's imagination to pull a performance, you're there's there's they're getting they're they're able to focus on other things because they don't have to worry about like what am I looking at and this that and the other. Have you guys yeah. watched the uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie? No. Yes. No. A lot of practical stuff in there. More practical than I you think. That. There's a there's a scene where they get up and they run at someone and they uh, listen. I should know the name of this spell. I'm a Dungeons and Dragons nerd, but like <laughs> essentially the ground turns to quicksand. And it looks like digital. Like I was like, oh, that's got to be a digital effect. That's a really good digital effect. No, they literally put like quicksand under tiles so they could, they're like, we can do this once. And they run onto it, all the tiles break, <laughs> and it's like legit sand, and they're actually sinking. And it's, they did wow. so much practical stuff on that one that was really, I mean, some of it is because Dungeons and Drags is so like this 80s throwback. So having yeah. like, let's do it like the 80s and having these really weird, never-ending story looking like guys with oh, puppet love heads that movie and stuff. As well. yeah. Yes, yes. But, but you, it is kind it's of like, watching. it's exciting that it's coming back in some way, shape, or form. Because like you're saying, Tom, I feel like it's this lost art. Like it's this creative mm-hmm. outlet for folks and people who figured out how to do all the stuff, even in this movie alone, like figured out how to make it look the way it looks and, and kind of uh, come alive, you know, on the screen is something that I think is still very much needed in the world of like all the CGI and all of that. But. I think another thing that we've talked about before, Tom and I, with the whole special effects thing and moving into CGI is that it kind of kills your imagination. Yeah. You know, and you look at like, if, if my nephews were to sit down and watch some of the stuff that I loved as a kid, they'd be like, this is utter bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or they're, they're just, wrong. And they're bored with it. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Not interested or whatever. Yeah. Be, they need it to be spoon fed to them. Mm-hmm. However, on the same page of that but the other side is uh when i went to see the latest avatar movie liam and i were blown away and we found ourselves completely falling into that world and mm. we loved it so is there room for yeah both? yeah i think you know i think there's room for everything but i am excited that like some of the practical stuff is coming back because i think it's some of the best and it could also be a nostalgia thing because it's those are the movies i grew up on but oh a hundred percent but this is one of the things I love about um, Grogu in The Mandalorian, mm. is that he definitely is very obviously a puppet. Now, he was supposed yeah. to be CG. Did you know that story? No. Tell me. This, uh, he was supposed to be CG, and uh, Werner Herzog, when they brought him in, he was like, oh, I love the, the puppet. And they're, they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, eventually we'll change it out with CG. And he, and he goes, this is going to be CG. And John Favreau was like, yeah. And he goes, coward. And like that's all he said to him. And apparently John Favreau's like, well, I guess he's gotta be this puppet now. And they like worked on him and made him even more like whatever. So anyway, I just I thought good for Werner Herzog, because I do that's another one I think where they are bringing in. Because it's usually like it's a monster animatronic, but like maybe their eye blinks or does something that yeah. kind of gives it a little bit. But like that step I think is is I think merging the two is what's really cool. Mm-hmm. Did you guys watch the uh the Dark Crystals TV series? Age of Resistance. We did. We didn't finish it. Yeah, we started it. I, I, well, I, I thought it was gorgeous, up. and I really, really yeah. liked like all like I kept going, you know, like I was like, we got to keep getting through this because it looks so good. But then mm-hmm. like I didn't really like the story. I thought some every once in a while they do some like really off putting like they had a thing where it was like you saw a Skeksis urinate on a wall and I'm like, I no, thank you. Like or the one with like the boils. Again, oh it was yeah. Goo. It got gross. It was for anytime me. with like, goo. You were like, I can't do this. There, and I was yeah. like, all right, well we don't have to finish it. Like I've got what I want out of this series. 
it was really cool right at the end. Oh, right of course. It's, yeah. like, it's one of those things, isn't it? So you have to like traipse through and I really did. But have you seen any of the stuff that they were going to do with that originally? Because they were going to make it this CGI thing. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Is it? Oh, my God. Look it up. It's <laughs> terrifying. Oh, yeah. The- yes. Nasty. The mm. eyes. Ugh. I'll take a yeah, look. Very creepy. So I'm glad they went with puppets. But then they, again, like you've said, with the whole CGI tweaking, that's what they did with that. So they've done mm. puppetry, but then there's a little facial expression kind of flips going on. Mm-hmm. Or um, or like effects, like visual, like like glow or any of that stuff that, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just adds to what, mm-hmm. what's physically there. Um, very briefly, just a little fact with the whole people leaving the, the movie production and coming back in and all this kind of stuff. Brian uh, Usner ended up leaving as well. And he got replaced uh, as a producer by Penny Finkelman Cox, which is an amazing name. <laughs> um, she'd produced Terms of Endearment and Broadcast News. That's not the exciting thing. The exciting thing is what she went on to produce afterwards, which was uh, Prince of Egypt. Lovely. Oh, you like yeah. That? I love that film. Yeah. Same, Ants. same. Ants. Um, Shrek. But also, <laughs> Snakes on a Plane. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> what a career. Yeah. Isn't it? Very thank you, Penny. Um, going into the cast a little bit, uh, because with this movie, there's not a lot to say about a lot of them because all the kids don't really act anymore, they've done a few things. But obviously, we have Rick Moranis, uh, as Wayne Zelensky. Um, as we've said, he did all these kind of things that we love, but for people who don't know, oh, yeah, one other role that we didn't talk about Barney Rubble in the Flintstones. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of the most really needlessly job. complicated plots for a Flintstones movie. It's all about like corporate espionage and like. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? It was like it was like we're trying. It was it was setting up like the business is going to fail, but it's going to fall on Fred. Sh- like yeah. I I like great. I love that movie. It's another one. Practical effects, great. Yeah. But also like, love why them. did you feel Dino. this was the this was the plot that kids were were screaming for? Was like. <laughs> What's what? What but happens when they, Fred sells out? Yeah, <laughs> but then did they do that again? Like they do with loads of stuff, where they're kind of pretending it's for the kids, but really it's for the adults that watch the Flintstones back in the day, kind mm. of thing. Which again yeah. didn't really work either. But hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um. So Rick Moranis uh, has given up acting, as some people know, some people don't. Uh, so really sadly, his wife uh, passed away from cancer in 1991. His wife is called Anne Belsky. Uh, she was a makeup artist, which is something I didn't know. I had a little look into kind of who she was and stuff. Um, they had twins, so they would have had really young twins at this point because mm-hmm. when she died, she actually died uh, a day before her 35th birthday. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, wow. Which is really f-ing tragic. Yeah. Um, so he stayed with acting for a few years afterwards and then eventually just retired from acting in 1997. He did come back and do a few bits of voice work, so look to that. Uh, he did voice work on movies that I assume you guys have watched because I know mm-hmm. you've now gone through every single Disney classic. We haven't watched this one because we fucking hate Phil Collins. Um, <laughs> what? He did the soundtrack. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. okay. That's why this we is, don't like Tarzan. Is strong mm. opinion. Strong opinion. All right. All right. <laughs> it's your show. It's your show. Uh, so he did, <laughs> always. So he did. Um, he did voice work. He played uh, the voice of Rat and Brother Bear and Brother Bear Two. Right. Mm. Because I don't want to just go and watch Brother Bear or Brother Bear Two because of Phil Collins. Is it a good movie? Should we watch it? Brother Bear. I was. I was surprised at. It. I, yeah, think, I think it's. it's I enjoyed pretty good. it. We didn't see the second one. The second one. No, I listen. We, don't worry we about haven't done the sequels. sequels. Yeah, we for haven't most. Done those, I love but, a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I Return of Jafar is the best sequel. Although I've not seen all of them. But sorry, I, King of Thieves. 
King of Thieves. King of Thieves is much better. Really? Than really? Oh. Yeah. You get Robin Williams back. Ariel, That's true. You do get Robin Ariel's Williams back. Beginning. <laughs> I have not seen that. I need to see it. Hatch's London Adventure. I feel like we're being you told, to like, you thought you finished the Disney episode. You're oh. not. You have to go back and you do a do sequel season. You do all the sequel season. Like, oh, you, have, you have two sequels Hunchback to go with Cinderella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wait. You wait. There's a whole new world of Disney that you haven't even touched on. Um, Another thing I didn't know about Rick Moranis that I found out, which I kind of went into a little dive on um, earlier on Spotify, is that he's off the back of, I guess, doing uh, Little Shop of Horrors, released three albums. Oh, oh wow. I did not know did this. He? Right. Yes, he did. So one of them is not available on Spotify, but the other two are. Uh, the first one, which he released in 1989, is called You, Me, The Music and Me. Uh, so that one's not not out there, but hey, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Um, the next one is called Agoraphobic Cowboy, and it's a country <laughs> album, and that came out in 2006. That's yes, great. it did. Um, and then he released My Mother's Brisket and other love songs in 2013. When I read this, I thought it was utter bull and then looked it up there on Spotify. It's there, and I've had a listen, and there you are. Are they comedy, or <laughs> are they... Yeah, there's obviously an okay, okay. wink, um, but his country voice is brilliant. Oh, I can't I wait. Check that out. Yeah. He gets right down that. Cause he's still got that Canadian accent. Cause every once in a while I watched, uh, we'll get into this later, but I watched the full honey. I shrunk the audience and he leans down and goes, sorry, everybody. Like he does like the sorry. real sorry. Yeah. He does that like a couple of times. So like I, it's, it, I'm interested to hear this cowboy accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. Listen to it. The whole sorry thing. Sorry. That's because we, recently just watched kim's convenience have you seen kim's convenience i've i've heard of it and it's actually something i've been wanted to pitch to you as something we should mm. watch but it's a it's got the guy from uh shang chi in it and oh, yeah. okay. and mr Wu from deadwood got it and it's they own a convenience store in canada mm. it's one of those things that liam and i really enjoyed until i started reading about it and the production and stuff like that oh. and then it got a little bit awkward and now mm. it's gone but it's um it's Canadian and you can only hear the accent occasionally and we just noticed that one of the words is sorry. Sorry in a boot. I like. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um where are we gonna go from here? Oh yeah, Matt Frewer. So what, do you do you know him from his stuff that he did in the UK? So he plays Big Russ. Did, are you talking about Max Headroom? Was Max Headroom in the, yeah. In the UK? Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. So that. That that was on Channel Four in the UK. My which sister again was another edgy one. That was the one that was blurry with your your eyes. Mm. Yeah, my sister's ten years older than me, so sometimes I get stuff that's like, you know, if you grew up in the seventies and like were a teenager in the eighties, like I was exposed to a lot of MTV, even though I was like three or four because that's what my sister yeah. was watching so like sometimes i saw some of that stuff and was like what's that and like you know sometimes it was don't look at that and sometimes it was like oh okay we can tell them about max headroom like this, mm-hmm. this is just some weird thing so yeah did you even understand it because i didn't when i was a kid because it's the whole satirical whatever it's, views thing i, I mean, didn't get it what, what i saw this glitchy thing yeah he's supposed to be a computer generated image and it's not like yeah. that was the big thing was Everyone's like, yeah. it's the first computer-generated character. And it was like, no, it's a guy they painted up to look like it. And he yeah, like just would glitch and do this stuff. But yeah, I, I referred to him as Bargain Basement Jim Carrey. I really like Matt Frewer. <laughs> but like, it is like, if you have a movie and it's like, well, we couldn't get Jim Carrey. Let's get Matt Frewer. He'll do weird stuff. There was an interview I saw between, it was Rick Moranis and Matt Frewer. And Rick Moranis kept trying to talk about the movie. And Matt Frewer just sat there and copied whatever Rick Moranis was doing to distract Rick Moranis. And it was like, 
like the, it was them like it, the interview became Rick Moranis's voiceover talking about how fun it was to work with Matt Frewer because they couldn't get a legitimate like soundbite from the interview with the two of them because yeah. Matt Frewer kept messing around. It was like so ridiculous, <laughs> like him just doing it. And Rick Moranis kept looking at him and then trying to do like weird things to throw him off. Yeah, was, yeah, he's he's a goof and like he was in. He, I, I just, I've seen him. I remember, I grew up in every once in a while. He's, he's a, that guy. He's the voice of either Pain or Panic in Hercules. He's Panic. Yeah, the one that's not Bob got Bob Cat Gold. Yeah, yeah. So I love them as well. They have a really cute little interaction. They're mm-hmm. fantastic. He also, Tom, you were um, a fan of the Magic School Bus. Is that the thing that you liked? Yes. yes. Magic School he, Bus. I never saw it. Wrong age. Uh, he played uh, Inspector Forty Seven. Does that mean anything to anyone? No. I don't no, know. no, but case, that's exciting that he was in it. However, Tara has a really good did... costume as as Miss Yeah, that was year, a so Halloween one year. I'll send you that, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> one got her second who, place in a contest. It did. Lily Tomlin at one point. That was it. Yeah, and then yeah, they have a new one, and it's it. Kate McKinnon. Oh, I like her. She's the SNL and was in Ghostbusters. Yes, mm-hmm. Lady Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I like that. Um, the other voice that he did that was linked to Disney was, which is a TV series that both um, uh, Tom and I really like. Uh, he was Jackal in Gargoyles. Oh, okay. okay. Have you guys Gargoyles. watched Gargoyles? I we have not rewatched it. I watched it as a kid, but I haven't seen it. I've yet. watched, I never watched some it as of a it. Kid. Watched some now. Really enjoyed it now. Yeah. If you can get away from the Scottish accents in the first episode, they're not good. Well, they're not accurate. No, funny that. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Disney has such a, such a great history of accurate accents. I don't know what, <laughs> why this would be so different. Um, carrying on from Big Russ, he is married to May, who is played by Christine Sutherland, who's Buffy's mom. Yes, we were so excited when we saw her. Yeah, we were pumped to see that. And what I, I wrote in this, did you not? Did you watch no, Buffy? I, I did watch Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's Joyce. It's Joyce. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed about this was that she plays a much nicer character than Joyce because Joyce is also a bit of a. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she, she gets better. She gets better. She, but when yeah. when she when they're not allowing her to know that Buffy is the Slayer, she's really the worst. <laughs> yeah, she's a vile parent. <laughs> vile. Although that episode where <laughs> is like, oh my god, that gets me every it's time I watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it. But the other bit that I just thought was quite amusing that she's done, considering the roles that we're talking about here are mums, she also provided some voice work for um, Grand Theft Auto V. Oh. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, Joyce. Um, <laughs> like I said earlier, the kid actors didn't really do much afterwards. Uh, you've got Amy O'Neill and Robert um, Oliveri. They returned for the sequel. Um, the, I think Tom's got some stuff on later. Um, uh, Amy did some TV stuff till 1991. Um, Robert played Kevin Boggs in Edward Scissorhands and did a bit of TV stuff, but that was about it. We looked up, um, I don't know what the actor's name, but Ronald, so the younger brother of the two brothers. Yeah. He was yeah. uh, the kid in Big. He was it, it, He was the friend. Which are the friends? Tom, Tom Hanks' friend. Tom Hanks' friend in Big, and then I love the movie Overboard with Goldie Hawn. And Me too. He was a They're kid. Not the horrific remake. He was a kid. I have not seen the remake, yeah. Don't. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Won't. Uh, but he's one of the children in Overboard, I think. He's billed as Charlie. We he's don't know exactly Charlie, who he is, but he's so we're in not the movie sure somewhere. if he's. Yeah, we have to like go back and look at it, but we looked that I, up. She had me watch it for the first time recently. 
Um, you liked it much better than oh, you I thought liked it much you were better. Go- I mean, yeah. like, again, it's like watching an 80s movie. Now there's parts where you're like, okay. like, But I, I love really had a good time watching it. Yeah, it was a great movie. What's up? What's your views on Big? See, as we've just mentioned it. I mean, I think Big is, is it, it's one of those movies, again, it's an 80s movie that I'm like, oh, it's it's, it's really- It's also one I haven't it's, rewatched I haven't seen it in a while, recently. but I was like, yeah. oh, it's so, like, there's- some really good themes in there and they do a really good job. I think Tom Hanks does a really good job of like the at, like tackling adulthood from the ass the, the, the view of a child. But yeah. then there's the whole like is Elizabeth Perkins sleeps with him and it's like that's a child yeah. in a man's yeah. body. And yeah. now we have to like, and now reckon with like, that. Yeah. Like yeah. Like I think at the time it was like we didn't really like worry about like the actual implications of that when you just wrote a scene and now you think about it it's like you know like oh like i mean not to get too dark but like there's so yeah. much more horrific things we talk about that have happened to children and this is closer now that we know about that stuff this seems closer to that and it's like well that's awful and it's also like i do think the end should be spoilers for the end of big if you haven't seen the movie from 1980 whatever <laughs> But, like, when he's, like, walking away and he slowly, like, becomes the kid and turns around and waves, like, Elizabeth Perkins should be like, what the... F-? And it should just, like, cut. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that should, like, where she's like, oh, God. Like, she's like... What like, have realize- I done? Yeah. yeah. It should be a I'll moment of horrific realization. Yeah. That's, so they, t- they it got turned into a musical in, like, the mid-90s in New York. Mm-hmm. And then his only just come out over here. So, like, it was about a year and a half ago. Have they changed it? No. Oh, no, it's oh. exactly the same storyline. No, very very little has changed from the mid '90s version that was on on Broadway. Yeah, um, and it's all the reviews were literally like, "This is probably one of the most awkward nights." They should, of this. yeah. They should have an entire song that's like, "Sex with kids is bad." Like, 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 like just like a like something that's like, <laughs> like teaching the audience. Yeah, like, hey, sometimes things don't age well. Here's one of those <laughs> things. Like, you know, like it should just be like a whole new song. Yeah. Lighthearted, <laughs> um, obviously. Uh, so, as we've kind of we've kind of touched on slightly, this was followed by various sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had Honey, I Blew Up the Kid in nineteen ninety two. Honey, we shrunk ourselves in nineteen ninety seven, and then uh, between ninety seven and two thousand, we had Honey, We Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Sixty six episodes. I know. What the? <laughs> f- did you realize that before? No, I had never heard of it. I and didn't then know I was there like, was oh, a it's TV probably, show. Yeah. It's probably one season. It was like three well, seasons, 66 episodes. No. I don't think it came out over here in the UK. I, mean, I don't. I just don't remember it at all. Listen, I don't remember it, even hearing it existing. Like Peter Scolari was Wayne Zelensky. Peter Scolari being Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari were, I think, bosom buddies or whatever that original right. show they were on where they, were, they had to dress as women to get an apartment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No. Nice. Tom Hanks' first thing was a show called Bosom Buddies where hmm. they couldn't find an apartment and they didn't have enough money, but they found like an all-women's apartment, so they were always like Mrs. Doubtfire. I bet that's it. aged well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, now, I, I will say, if you guys are okay with this, I have a little game for us to play real quick. Okay. Okay. Um, so I have... Uh, so the the uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show, all the episodes were titled Honey and then Something. The show was essentially like he invented something that went wrong and they had to deal with it, right? Mm, like, whatever. Okay. So I'm going to give you five titles <laughs> and I'm going to ask you guys which one is the real title from the show. So everyone figure okay. out which which one okay. is the real title. Okay, okay, so here we go. We got, Honey, We've Been Swallowed by Grandpa. <laughs> honey, I'm in the Mood for Love. 
Honey, I shrink, therefore I am. Honey, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Honey, they're after me lucky charms. Which one of those <laughs> is the real title? Grandpa. I think I it's the grandpa one. Okay. Yeah. It's a trick question. All of those are actual oh, titles from the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, so I'm going to it. teach you a lesson. Sounds very aggressive. Yes. I don't know if I like that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sounds rough. So one thing that I thought about earlier when I was doing this rewatch was it's kind of like a health and safety nightmare. Like you've got this guy who's just going around and he's just coming up with stuff that's shrinking people, potentially could blow them up. And then from those titles, also witness 66 things then he will have invented. That go wrong. Over yeah. the course of that, that go wrong. I, what the f***? Yeah, he's not banged up. What? Yeah. yeah. Why in, in like the 80s did we all just think inventor was a career path that like... Every like there's well not only that but you notice too oh, the Rube Goldberg machine like, like Back to the Future Pee Wee's Big Adventure and then this it's all like inventors make things that are like I press this and like the egg rolls the down sequence and happens like this always they yeah. always are like ooh a Rube Goldberg yeah, yeah like and it's something in the eighties we were like suddenly re obsessed with Rube Goldberg machines again do you guys do you guys know what I'm talking about when I talk about Rube Goldberg machines. No, tell me. No, go for it. So it Copy was. Basic. I think I, I'm assuming it was an, an American adventure, but it was this guy. He would draw these like pictures for um, newspapers that were like, you know, like uh, modern technology has made it easier for you to to cook an egg. And then it was this the thing where it's like, oh, you press a button, and then the button like a bird flies out, and then it pecks at some wood, and then something falls down. Like that's like the joke is it's yeah. so overly complex to do a very simple task yeah or like when so in the movie when he like tells her he's going to be downstairs and he like get and she gets the printout message you know and it's like the whole series of things for her to get like a simple message like the beginning of peewee or the beginning of back to the future where it's like the 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 eight things happen to make the dog food come out but like that's what i'm saying between like 85 and 91 like we had six movies that were like Gremlins. Isn't this... Yeah, Gremlins did it too. Oh, the yeah, inv- they yeah, did. That's what he did. He's they like, I'm an inventor it. and I... The shaving yes. machine. I don't know what anybody... Who was an inventor who was like... Would like go door to door with his inven- inventions, <laughs> which is even weirder. Yes, that was, that was a hard <laughs> hurdle to, to get over. Yeah. What have you? Has anybody here ever met an, met an inventor who's like, I'm an inventor? No, because they would no. be a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> They that's were all wiped out by their inventions going wrong. That's, yes, that's yes, that's what's happening. Do you know the, the invention that I found the least believable in this movie wasn't even the shrink ray, okay? It was the dog biscuit machine. Because actually, can you imagine how fat that dog was? Yes, exactly. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Like, Bam, Quark has so much self willpower that he's not just like, meh, meh, meh. we saw this thing on TikTok lately where a lot of people have been doing this where they set up little things that you, the dog presses and like, it yes. says a word. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a press will be like out, like like potty, Pool. like whatever. So it's things. But yeah. there's one that's like super super complex. And there was this dog and it's sitting there and it's like outside pool. Outside pool. Outside pool. And kept hitting that. And yeah, the woman's no. like, no. She's like, Yeah, well, we're not gonna do we're not gonna do it. And he's like, pool now, pool now. She's like, not Shut now. Up. And then she reaches over and goes, later. And the dog stops. Looks outside, looks back, and hits another button that goes sad. And I was like <laughs> devastated. 
there's a really scary one where the dog is like person upstairs. No, I hate that one. Like he keeps on walking to the bottom of the stairs and like looks up and then comes down and goes upstairs, upstairs. Oh, I don't like that one that at could all. Be a horror movie. <laughs> Here's the thing: we've both we've described humor, we've described like emotion, emotion out. Like I was sad by this, like sad. I was like, oh god. And now we've described horror. Is this the new storytelling method that that no one has jumped on yet? Have we discovered like That's we got to write a movie about like the <laughs> dog that tells that stuff. It's like the animal equivalent of AI. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Person there upstairs. Is really, there is a really funny one as well where it's um, I think it's a husky and like literally like ev- it, the owner like says no to them for something and then he literally just presses it, it has a button that just goes yeah like <laughs> over and over again. The- the, the the owners will sometimes have fun with like the word that means like yeah. I don't like this or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the but the, the yeah. I you've now ruined anytime like our dog lady just like looks upstairs for no reason. We're like, Why are you doing that? <laughs> like yeah, what? She, she'll stare at something that's die. yeah, not there and I'm like, I don't like what maybe you can see that yes. we can't see. <laughs> <laughs> like like grandma or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Thomas, you watched both the sequels, didn't you? I did. Oh, you brave soul. How were they? <laughs> so I, I actually grew up watching Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Yeah, I think that one's probably... Uh, that one I remember I, I remember that I've seen it, but I didn't remember it like as vividly as this one. But I, I think I remember it better than I do the original, but I think I probably okay. watched it more. Um, I think we actually owned the VHS when I was a kid. Um and yeah, I actually, I, I remember watching it about a year ago and being like, oh, actually, this really wasn't great. But then having watched it yesterday, I was like, I don't know what I was seeing. Actually, it's a really great movie. Like, it's really good okay. fun. Like, the um, the I, the whole idea, obviously, like, the child, the way they've recorded the, the, the baby, <laughs> they just recorded the baby, like, just having fun and playing, like, yeah. all the way through. Um. But, like, all of the... You can really tell it's, like, an early 90s CGI and also, like, green screen. Um, but what by both uh, my boyfriend Martin and I were really loved going was, like, actually, you can work, see the, the forced perspective and everything that they're doing in every single scene. And, like, the, um, where it's obviously they've made, like, a really tiny room. Yeah. And so, like, the baby is literally from floor to ceiling. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, like, how they, like, patch that in with the actual um, inside of the house and everything works really, really well. I really love it. And it has like this like Godzilla, like (laughs) feel of it. Like it is like baby just like, and there is actually a moment where um, like this Asian tourist is just like, it's Godzilla. And they're like, (laughs) baby. Um, Babyzilla. It's it's just so good. And it's like typical of those early nineties film where there's like some really high power CEO, like guy who's actually the baddie who's mm. like the, the 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 antagonist um and all he wants to do is to basically tranquilize the baby um but it's just i really really loved it the thing that i found out about it was that originally this film wasn't going to be a sequel to honey i shrunk the kids so originally it was going to be a film called big baby <laughs> and, <laughs> and just on before. its own just a movie about a big baby i, I do yeah. think 
I do think the the title "Honey, I Blew Up the Kid" is problematic if you don't have a lot of context. Misleading, yeah, misleading. Because the whole they keep going, "We're gonna blow up the kids." They keep saying that, like when they keep making the apple explode and they're trying to figure out what's wrong. Oh yeah. So I'm like, Stuart "Mm." Gordon would have done it. (laughs) There you go. The original (laughs) script. Well, how was the third one? Oh, the third one. (laughs) So. The third one, oh, they didn't the get back one. any of the cast, though, did they? Which always makes me think. Except for Rick Moranis, like that was the yeah. only—he was the only person. Um, so like the mum didn't come back. It was a yeah. direct video. They wanted originally to for it to be have a theatrical release, um, but it was like Jeffrey Katzenberg was like in this moment of wow, we're doing all of these straight to video sequels. Like I think we should do this as straight to video sequel. And because it was the time of Return of Jafar and all of these mm. kind of films. Is it and the same time they released Splash 2? Probably. There's a Splash 2. Have you not seen this? No. Holy <laughs> shit. Right, so Splash 2, it's got um, random people, I've got no idea who they are, and then Amy Asbeck plays um, Madison instead of Del Hannah. So it's got none of the original cast in it, um, and it's appalling. But for some reason, as a kid, I was like, in. With and it, it was yeah. one of those cheesy 90s, late 90s sequels that... Uh, splash was splash, and then two was obviously two was in two double O. One of them. There we so go. Bad. Now I remember it existing. Now we <laughs> yeah. go. Okay, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. swear it's on YouTube in various little chunks. Probably. I don't want to have to do work to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, you just don't want to watch it. It's there not good. Go. Sorry, Thomas. Sequel number two. That's okay. So my bad. Um, it was directed. I'm, I probably saying right. I've got. Is it Carrie Kirkpatrick? Who wrote? Um, sorry, he wrote the film. He was he wrote James and Giant Peach, the film version. Love, James, love, love. Which I love. I'm the biggest Roald Dahl fan, and yeah, just absolutely adored that film when I was a kid. Um, he wrote the script for it, and then Jeffrey Katzenberg shelved it. Um, and then when all of the the big thing of like all of the director video sequels came out in the mid '90s, he was like, "We need to make this another director video." So. The straight off, the thing that sort of is really obvious, and I did a bit of research on, was the fact that they they stopped, they didn't use any of the um, resolution cameras with the right resolution that you would have for a, a, a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. So it was done all like as a as TV cameras, basically. Yeah, that's what so, we watched the trailer, and that's exactly what I said because this yeah. the, the, they use these big wide angle lens when they're doing like from the kid's perspective of like the parents looking through the grass and the new one. And I think that's so effective of giving you this whole thing of like, Oh my God, everything's so much bigger. And then we watch about like, like I said, the the trailer, which was on Disney plus, which was just a scene. And I was like, Oh, this looks like those, like it, it looks like, it looks like a, 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 a old video game. Like it's just like, there's nothing there and there's yeah. a green screen behind Rick Moranis. And then the other actor who I can't think of his name, but he's, in a bunch of stuff it's awesome so that was everything so there's two actors in here which i got really excited about it's got he well, what's his name what's his name bug hall who was in little another rascals. amazing name oh okay he was, in, he was in little rascals which was like another huge childhood film for me never He's seen in, it oh what was the character's name he had a piece of hair that when alfalfa Alfalfa, yeah. that's it. Made Alfalfa. Um, so yeah, I was like, I recognise this kid. Um, so yeah, he he plays um, the older Adam. So now he's not a baby; he's a little mm-hmm. bit older. Um, and it also had Milo Kunis in it. Who oh, was that's in, right. I saw that. 
she played one of um the cousins, Adam's cousins' friends that oh, they wow. invite over for a party. Um I mean the storyline of this is very forced. And it's like <laughs> the the two mums is supposed it's like Wayne and his brother have set up um the a company for invent, inventing things and basically the the two mums decide they're gonna have a break and they're gonna go from the children and they're gonna go on holiday and then they forget that they well the mum the, the aunt forgets to leave the children some medicine. So she goes back and they get caught in the in the ray and having and like having Wayne just been shrunk as well and his brother. Um and then it's just like it doesn't really go anywhere. Because it's just their, it's just their journey from upstairs to downstairs and the fact that they're the, the children the children are Isn't that a British like, show upstairs downstairs. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it's like the journey from upstairs to downstairs, and basically the children are just having fun in the house. They're having a party, and like they're 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 not they they don't want them to have a party, so that they've got to be big so they can stop this party. Mm. And then um, they learn about their children more because they've been able to like witness to spy on them. Basically, I hate it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's not great. It really isn't. And the fact that, um, I can't remember her name, um, Eve Gordon replaced um, Marsha Strassman, mm. who was the original mum. And she doesn't look anything like her. She's got a completely different temperament. And it, it's, it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. Did, did... You know, the one thing that I saw about that movie, other than the fact that they had none of the original cast, is that it's only 75 minutes long. Yeah. Hey. Hey, we're always we're all for short movies. Yeah, we're always yeah. like make it I shorter. Was re- I was really excited. <laughs> this this one's the longest. The, the the original is the longest one in the trilogy, I guess. Yeah. But, but we have a thing where I, I get excited whenever I see a movie that's under a hundred minutes long. I'm like, yes, let's do this. I'm into it because now it feels like everything is like the three hour epic, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. no, I don't care. Yeah. Um. But uh, I I feel like um. So have did you guys in in your uh uh. uh Research, did you see that they're looking at yeah. a sequel? Yeah. yeah. With Josh, 100%. Josh Gad playing yeah. Nick Zelensky. Really? Up. Yeah. And Ooh. it's something they started doing before the pandemic. And the, the I le- would be open to it, I think. It was originally mm. the idea was it was going to be a Disney Plus, And then they said, well, we'll do a full movie. And now, like, who knows where that is. Mm. But uh, the idea is he shrinks his kids. It's like he has three kids, I think, down to 5.5 inches. Which I thought was a very specific, and B, like that's a whole different movie if they're this tall. Yeah, like that's yeah. A, which yeah. maybe they've got a whole new take on. It. Like instead of doing the same thing, I'm like interested. What is what is the movie if like because they don't get lost. I mean, they can get lost, but it's like yeah. you see that way more easily. I don't know. Maybe that changed. But Rick Moranis uh, during the pandemic said, "Yeah, if you guys get this off the ground, I'll come back." Wow. So he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna have a big role. I don't know if he comes in for a cameo. He's like. Uh, it's it's like said it's called like dad i shrunk my your grandkids yeah Yeah. grandpa i (laughs) shucked the grandkids so it's it's right now it's it's tentatively titled as shrunk okay so did you see anything about the characters in it no other than rick moranis and josh gad no okay so there's some various characters have been announced for it Mm -hmm. so they did mention it in i think the last time it was mentioned was um january 22 that Josh Gad said that he was now dealing with um, Rick Moranis again and blah, 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 and it was going to happen. So mm-hmm. I did a bit of a dive on that one. They have announced um, who's playing 
Wayne is obviously going to be Rick Moranis. And then when it went down to Diane, his wife just said, deceased. <gasps> yeah, I saw that. Oh. So, yeah, so they're just going to cut her out. Well, I yeah. think some so of like, gone, so let's face it, change the actress and then just got rid. Yeah, I know. Like, I know the daughter retired from asking, uh, from asking, from acting. I don't yeah. know. Maybe the mom did, or maybe again we've just yeah. fridged the mom. Which will if I want to, the original mom has died. The person that oh um, she has so, yeah yeah. So she she's okay. died. Maybe they okay. don't want to go to the the person that did it in the three call. Um, yeah. Oh my god, who else died? One of the kids died of a heroin overdose. What oh my god, oh, what, what is that? happening? <laughs> Sorry, just to throw that out there. The guy oh. that came like, over, oh my god, guys, guess what? The kid that came over to make the lawn. Yeah, he. I read oh that. wow. Oh. Okay. oh. I mean, Dark, not to be flippant, but I feel like his kids. story was told in the first one, so it's not like we're aching to see All what right. happened to that I mean, kid. I don't know that Sorry. I needed to... Not good, thanks. To speaking, <laughs> speaking of the mom and die, stick with me on this one. Okay. Did you guys notice that her hair changed complete color halfway through the movie? Yeah. Really? I'm a hairdresser. It's red for part of it, me. and then it's blonde, and apparently it was during production, like... Eisner or Katzenberg or someone came over and said, she should be a blonde. And so they just went, okay, now she's a blonde. Off the back of that, okay, the beginning credits, right at the beginning, mm-hmm. obviously, because they're the beginning credits, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> um, it's, I reckon that must have been done before they'd even cast it, because you've got these two little red yeah. kids running around. And do you reckon that's why they gave the mum red hair? To be like, honestly, if you think about it properly, of course. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe. I, I, will, I have a little credits, bit about though. that sequence, actually. It was uh, done by Croyer Films, who also did the animated opening sequences for Troop Beverly Hills and Christmas Vacation. Oh, I like so. the Christmas Vacation opening one. We also have a, who is a um, Disney celebrity on our podcast, because he's done the voice of Joanna the Goanna. Oh, yeah, yeah, He yeah, did yeah. The, the vocals. Frank Wilker. Frank Wilker did, like, the... <laughs> The like animal effects and Ants stuff and in the this, scorpion, yeah. yeah. So he did. Oh Ant-y. wow! <laughs> Do you know what I liked about the whole Frank Welker thing is that there's this one point where Quark barks and it's the shittest bark ever, <laughs> and I thought, oh Frank, yeah, that's gotta be him. <laughs> yeah. Not even like a dog. It's in yeah. the scene where Quark runs in with the kids on him mm-hmm. uh, to give them back to Wayne, and it just does this almost, almost like a worth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> woof. Yeah. yeah. Woof. Uh, did you have anything in? Any of the parks that are like out your way, did they do anything? So I, I never, I, I didn't realize until I researched that actually. I didn't realize it'd actually come over Disney to Disneyland Paris. Okay. Um, I think it did, but not for, for not very long because then we had the Michael Jackson thing. Um, Captain as well. EO. Oh yeah, Captain EO. EO. Oh, Captain EO. I count as a Star Wars movie. You watch <laughs> that again and tell me that doesn't take place right before Return of the Jedi. Okay, I've never even uh, seen well, it. I mean, I have, I've seen it, but I haven't seen it within the park. Yeah, I I remember seeing it because at the beginning, it, there's literally like a pre-show where it's just like things just appear on the screen and they're right there, you know. But it's like it's like an asteroid, a fish. Like it's like like literally, they're like, "Ooh, isn't 3D wonderful?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, showcasing it. In Disney World in Florida, they had a playground. So everything was big. So that was fun. I don't remember where in the park it was located. I'd love to tell you all that. Okay, tell us all about it. The the Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie movie set adventure. It was fun. I remember that. It opened in 1990 and it was one of the quickest, like, movie to 
park attraction mm. openings they ever had because they were like, we got to get something in the park now. And it was, it. Was, did you go on it? Yeah, it was like a playscape. Yeah. It was like a huge kind of almost like a jungle gym kind of a thing. I had to beg my parents to go because they are like, I'm not waiting in line for a playground. It was also hot. Like there <laughs> yeah, was no outside. shade. Yeah. So, yeah, and we always went in the summer to Disney World. So it was always like so humid and brutal. And but there's, there's a that's line great. that's like, you're about to shrink and you go in and there's, um, I think there's aunties there. He's mm-hmm. not doing it. Like they're all still things. There's a yeah. spider web, like crawl around thing. There's a codec because it was, it was, Sponsored by Kodak, so there's a Kodak. Yeah, there's film a giant roll camera. That's a slide. Or yeah, film. It's, it's it's a canister that's kind of done that's out as a is, slide. Yeah. And you kind of go around, but I will say, like the grass and all that stuff looks like it looks like they do a good, really good job of it being this little tiny thing that looked like uh, the movie, and it stuck around for a long time. Stuck around until yeah, it was fun. 2016, so it was around. Oh for wow, long. I don't think hey, I realized wow. it was through 2016. They eventually demolished it to make room for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It was mm-hmm. at MGM Studios. Oh, okay. I couldn't um, remember where it was. It ha- I actually have a list here. Large Ants, Explorable Ant Hills, a spider web maze, the slide that made it look like Kodak film, a giant dog nose that sprayed mist. Cool. He doesn't love that. 52-foot-long leaking water hose that sprayed. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, 40-foot-tall bumblebees. That doesn't sound right. Forty. Why would the bumblebee? Anyway, uh, a jumbo plant root maze, and they had the oatmeal cream pie cookie. You could oh, go to, yeah. Which the fact that that looks so good, and then you see him like grab some of it and just eat it, like yeah. mm. oh, so, that was uh, yeah, that yeah. was a great part. And then we also had the honey, I shrunk the audience. I don't know if that oh, ever Tara. made its way. Yeah, that's what they had at Paris. That's they what they had, had at Paris. Paris. Okay. Yeah. Um, what I was went. It? I went on that one a bunch, so it was what took over for Captain EO. So the the idea of it is you're being welcomed into the Imagination Institute, and they're about to give Inventor of the Year to uh, Rick Moranis, and the the um, uh, head of the uh, the chairman of the uh, Imagination Institute is Eric Idle, playing Nigel Doctor Nigel Channing. Yes, and the funny thing about him being cast was apparently the actor who was supposed to do when they were supposed to film got very very sick and. The mom, whose actress's name I can't remember, was coming out of her hotel where they were filming it, and Eric Idle was there too. And she said, "Hey, do you think you'd want to do this?" And like started negotiations between Disney and him because it was <laughs> oh, like wow. in a few days. And so he's like, "Okay." Um, but the whole thing is the thing I always thought was really cool was they make it feel like you're it's live, it's happening in front of you because it starts and it's like a camera that's set and it's the exact size and it's and it's. 3D, so it looks like everyone's walking around on stage in front of you. It's all one shot, so like that's pretty impressive that they're doing a 3D movie. But like, because they have to film it on 3D film, and then to go, hey, we have to do this and not mess up. Yeah. So it's Zelensky comes in and he's shrunk himself and he's in like a thing and he comes out into the audience, so he looks, you know, he looks like he's right there, and he's like, hey, I've got this uh, hover thing, and he floats around. Then he gets lost. So then it's Nick trying to show off his. Uh, inventions for a while and like there's like a duplicator and the little kid Adam puts a rat in the duplicator and Mm -hmm. then a bunch of rats come out and then there's air that comes up at your feet to see like this like storm of rats is coming which I hated yeah. As a kid. When I figured out it was air, it didn't bother me. But the first time it happened, I was like, what is that? Like, I did not <laughs> like Anytime it Anytime there are, like, tricks like that, the alien encounter I is another. That. I love that ride. Yes. But that was another one where, yes. like, they'd spray something on you and, ugh. And, and they have, like, a hologram thing that makes, like, a cat that, like, comes out and scares the, the um, uh, rats. But then at the end, the idea is, oh, we're going to shrink this luggage to show you how 
useful the shrinking machine is to um, so Rick Maranis is back. I'm going to show you how this useful this is. Oh no, it's gotten out of control and it points right at the audience. And then the screen comes like you, you get that forced perspective. And they do the space work they do is really good because it's like the little kid picks up the the audience and like shows it to the camera and you see it on a monitor. It's supposed to look like you. Yeah. Like the audience has been shrunk and it's apparently all, it was built on its own like. Um, as you walk into the, the 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 audience, there's like a big plate that the seats are on, so that when people walk by, it goes like and it like moves and does all that yeah. stuff. So you feel like when things the, the, they you, they tell the mom and the mom faints and she almost lands on you. It's all stuff like oh, there's a for some reason Nick has a snake and then the snake gets loose early in the show and you go oh well this is gonna this is check off this is gonna snake. come back yeah it's gonna come back and like be a thing and a big snake comes over and and then at the end. He accidentally blow. He gets the audience back. He accidentally blows up the dog, and the dog looks out and does the thing I hate in all of these rides. Uh, it's tough to be a bug. Yeah, you know, all these in where it looks at you and it sneezes, and you just get sprayed with a big thing of water. I hate oh, where they're like, yeah. "Hey, thanks for coming to our show. By the way, like, like yeah. I don't need that." Nah. <laughs> That's but, not a payoff, guys. Um, they they still do it now. Like Ratatouille, the Ratatouille ride at the very last bit in Ratatouille is the the cork pops from the champagne bottle and you just get soaked. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I've heard yeah. great things about that ride, though. I've heard it's really good. It's a good. great ride. Um, it, it has all the original actors who, like, like they don't bring in any characters and replace them. So it's it's mom, dad, Nick, and Adam. Amy mm. uh, has retired from acting at this point, so she's out. It replaced Captain EO. I'm a big Captain EO dork because, again, it, when I was a kid, I was convinced it was a Star Wars movie. And I have yet See, to be I might, unconvinced I might be that. wrong. I think it was the other way around at Paris. I think they had they, they had Honey I Shrunk the Kid, the Honey I Shrunk the Audience first when it opened, and then Captain EO. I think they brought Captain they, EO back. I know I don't yeah. know if the, the thing with with Paris, but like before having Michael Jackson on something was kind of, was was more of a controversy now. But like they brought it back as kind of a, to a, a, a like an anniversary thing here, mm. and then I think they just. Now it's probably one of those attractions where it's like, hey, do you want to watch Star Wars trailers? Hey, do you want to see the new Marvel trailers? Like, just come in. It's yeah. for dads to get out of the hot Florida yeah. sun. It's like getting here and just be cool yeah. for a little while because you you can only see the Country Bear Jamboree so many times. Have you guys been to Galaxy's Edge? No. We have not, I no. haven't been to Disney in... We haven't been in a while. Well, we've never been together. 18 years. Yeah, we've never been okay. together. The last time I went was in college. Uh our like I'm, wind ensemble like traveled around and then we mm-hmm. end it there but uh but yeah i haven't been in a while i went in 2005 and drank around the world that was the last time <laughs> i went it was really fun is that a thing can you do you, that at, at epcot, epcot you go to yeah epcot. you go to each Every country single country now so i you're will basically doing a bar crawl you basically do a bar well i mean it's it's Completely accurate to, to a European vacation is going to Epcot World Showcase. So I don't know why. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, you go to you get there's like there's there's a certain set list. Now I basically went to like Mexico, someplace else, and then we stopped in London and just got blitzed at the pub. But like there's apparently like a drink list. There's something like, you, you have can to get, get like the in me- each country. The, 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 yeah. the, there's because there's an alcoholic drink at every country except for one. But I think there's. I don't know. There's, I we love Disney. We have come to love Disney even more doing this po- doing this podcast. But like, 
and I like I'm not one of those people who's like mm, Disney adults. Like if you go like I look go to Disney <laughs> on your own. I would love to go to Disney on your own. I love to do that stuff. Yeah. But the people who are like you don't know the the drink around the world. I'm like I I don't know man. Like I got only got so much space in this brain. But like there's apparently a list. There's an argument whether when you start which the way, world showcase yeah, there's you start an argument on the left which way or the you right. Go first. And people getting big fights about this. And I'm like okay cool man. <laughs> All you got to do, like, I'm just, the only thing I really have a big problem with is they, is the, uh, the Norway ride is gone, which I used to love with the trolls because I used to be a big Yeah, they put a frozen ride in there instead. The frozen ride looks cool. I will say the frozen ride looks really cool. However, I miss those trolls. Are they doing, are they building Arendelle at Walt Disney World? Because we're getting that in Disneyland Paris. No, they're not. Ooh, that's exciting. I think they might just be building a new ride. I don't think they're doing a whole world. We're getting the whole Arendelle, we're getting like a massive lake where I think they're going to be putting Phantasmic. Um, oh, cool. Like yeah. Um, and then they're doing Arendelle as being created like the whole village, <clears throat> the whole kingdom. And it's like a huge um, ice mountain and then a castle as well, which is going to be like a um, Anna and Elsa meet and greet dinner oh, thing. Man. Yeah, that's um, cool. And, and the ride from Epcot. I, so are they actually expanding the park? Yeah, 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 yeah. It will so be then, bigger. Because so that's the thing with Disneyland Paris is it's tiny. Yeah. It's tiny. And like the studios is tiny. and But basically it's been extended out towards Val Europe, which is the town. Um, and then there, so they've got this lake and eventually, I think, eventually it will have three parks going off. It's like three worlds. It'll have Arendelle, something else on the right-hand side. But on the left was supposed to be... Paris's version of Galaxy's Edge, but nothing's been said about that for about two years. So everyone thinks it's like on the back burner, um, and they think it's going to be like the Avatar Land from Animal Kingdom. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it's been like trebled in size. Um, it, why did Galaxy's Edge flop? Because uh, it did, didn't it? It wasn't well received. It felt that like right? a gotcha question first. Like we were yeah. like calling us out on it. Like. <laughs> Now we're here. Why you're here? Why you two tell us? Why did it flop? <laughs> I my first opinion, it flopped because people wanted a Star Wars park. They didn't want right. something that was canon. Because you go to Galaxy Edge and it's like um, the planet's battered, and it's basically like this. You're t- bit taking part in the story, and like people, like the people want to see C three PO, R two D two. They what they want Chewbacca. They want everything that is the Star Wars franchise, but they don't want something that is separate. And I think yeah. people really like like sort of general fans, not h- hardcore fans, general fans are sort of a bit disappointed with it. So but whereas hardcore fans are loving it, it's yeah. Funny enough, I was uh a friend of ours who is also a game developer is moving out of the States. So we went to her like going away party last night and I met a guy who used to do stuff for Lucas Arts and like he's like oh I've done 33 Star Wars games like he's a concept artist and I was like really right. like oh let me just annoy you with questions for the next you know 20 minutes and he was talking about the thing that's hard with Star Wars stuff and one of the reasons he's like I'd love to not do a Star Wars game is he's like because if it's too new everybody is like no this is I don't recognize this, this isn't, isn't Star my Wars. Star Wars and then if you do yeah. if you if it's too much the same everyone goes like well I've seen this before and it's like this real tiny sweet spot I will say I, I, I like the idea that like this is but two and it's this, this and this and it's very recognizable. But the fact that like they're like and it takes place between episode uh, eight and nine. I'm like, OK, 
fine. Like, no one's going to care if, like, I'm not going to be like, excuse me, Boba Fett should not be walking around with Kylo Ren. <laughs> like, and if someone says that, like, you deserve to be out yeah. in the hot heat in Florida, whatever. <laughs> but, like, like the fact that they can't just, and they'll do that every once in a while now, and I think they're getting more and more into, like, look, let's just get our characters out there. Because you've got the uh, Avengers stuff in um, California. California, and they're so good at, like, all they do is when a new movie comes out, they're like, we have three new characters, and they walk out, and yeah. everyone goes, oh, it's those new characters. Right. And That's like, what's like in Pirates as well. Yeah, and, like, doing that at Star Wars and not, because they're releasing stuff from all over the timeline. And not being held to, like, a certain yeah, time like, period. Have an Ewok talk to Anakin Skywalker. Like, who cares? Like, just, like, like no one, in, when you're in Disneyland, goes, like, you know, and, and now everything's, you know, a multiverse or whatever, but, like, Disney yeah. was the first multiverse and no one was going like, well, Snow White and Cinderella shouldn't be in the same room together. Like, no one cares. Like, they're just, they're there to have fun. It's 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 the interactions and not the, like, bird's eye view. I personally, like, listen, I could go into a whole thing where I think canon and, like, officiality is, like, ruins narrative and, and that sort of thing. Like, anytime someone goes, well, that's not the official canon. I'm like, why are you restricting creativity to this, like, specific thing? And I understand. Like the like, Ewok movies, just saying. They're out of the canon. But <laughs> they're I, canon. They're canon. My favorite, they're canon. My favorite book, there's a book called Death Troopers, which is a Star Wars zombie story. And, like, anybody yeah. who, it, it's it's completely there. Like, there's no way this has anything to do with the Disneyfied version. Because I, I, I will say, until certain characters show up, which I highly suggest everyone reads it, it feels like an Aliens book. It feels like I'm reading an Aliens book inside the Star Wars. Like, it's real dark. It's real, like, people are dying. It's it's gory. Like, it's so off. And I'm like, oh, I, I just, I miss, we would, we would have really, really bad Star Wars stuff in the, like, late 80s and early 90s before we it's kind of picked up again. But, man, you would also have, like, cool things because no one was, like, so worried about how does this fit into the canon and how does this fit into the story it was just let's try and do fun things and not worry about like how is this going to affect our q4 earnings on episode 12 or whatever you know so but it's just it's just the whole thing like when the disney's favorite it's like no that's not canon this is canon what the amount of storytelling that it cut off was mm. ridiculous. But then they keep bringing stuff back from that now, don't they? They do. Mm. They do. But it's very selective. Like, they haven't brought back the character of Mara Jade, like, who is, was <laughs> Luke's girlfriend and all of that kind of stuff. Wife? Like, what? Didn't they get married? Why? They did get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like all of that kind of stuff that I just think is... is um, I read something about that the other day. Wait, carry on, because I... Apparently, she might come back in a different. Yeah, but she, they, they've been saying this like every time a new film comes out. Oh, Mara Jade's going to be in this. Mara Jade's going to be in this one. And yeah, it's not. I don't. It's not going to happen. How Star Wars fans want is basically. Um, I'm. I, I'm not an an atypical Star Wars fan. I. I just love every part of the storytelling. Yeah, that's, I, I, I feel do like too. that's you too. Yeah, that's Ryan. I I'm, I'm okay with saying. Like, oh, I like this part of it, and then telling the story of how it was made and all that stuff. And other people are like, well, how does that fit in with this? And I'm like, my nephews are kind of like that. I'm trying to, like, break them of that habit. I was also like that when I was their age, so, like, I totally understand where I was like, I won't date a girl who's never seen Star Wars. And now I'm like, I don't know, who cares? Well, now I don't care about dating girls, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, she, when we went to go see... Well, no, our nephew, your nephews, it was the younger of the two of them. 
was when they were first starting to date. He's now been with this girl a while now. She's very sweet. But they were going to watch Star Wars for the first time. And the older one was like, what are you going to do if she doesn't like it? And we were both like, continue to date her because she's really <laughs> cool. Like, and just like get past it. Like, yeah. But it was like this really like, oh my gosh, what if she doesn't love Star Wars? Like you love Star Wars. I think she enjoyed it. I don't think she's like obsessed with it like they are. But I, I, I well, I do the same thing with you. I'm like, you got to like trim. I don't do that, but I try not to be yeah. like. She, she that's her experience blah blah because blah, everyone's now I will say most of the time you like the same stuff a lot of the same stuff I do which is is wonderful but yeah yeah I, I try not to I tell them like don't watch them watch the movie watch the movie with them and then ask them what they thought afterwards and they're kind of still in the whole like do you like it and it's like your worth is not less because you watch it. I'm now getting off on a big rant remember at the beginning of this when we said we were going to try not to go super super long as one of our <laughs> episodes I'm so sorry yeah it's a little uh, mini side right yeah, yeah. It's Probably still a mini sewed for us. I know, yeah, our long. because <laughs> it's not four days long. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I love Having when sometimes I talk to you and you go like, I'm listening to it on my commute. And like for you, it's like your commute there and back for like two days. Yeah. You could probably, that's how long yeah. one episode takes for yeah. us. But I love that though. That's mm. something that I really enjoy about it because it's like just picking it up again. Especially if, you know, I've had a slightly difficult day. Not that I ever have a difficult day at work because my work is bliss. But also, <laughs> sometimes... <laughs> Maybe it is difficult. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to kind of just carry on because it's always like a, a cheery little thing. Plus, I really like the, the uh, format of your um, podcast has that kind of pre-bit, then you watch and then you chat afterwards. Mm. That works really well with my commute. So thanks, guys. <laughs> no You're worries. You're welcome. Happy, happy, to, happy to be there with you. <laughs> um, speaking of our format of our show, we talked about this. Do you guys, do we have anything else or do we want to rank the villain, which is something we do on our podcast? Go for it. Go for it. The Infallible Scientific Villains Ranking was designed and created by top scientists working together to establish the perfect method of devising a villain's relative knavery, cunning, and vileness. Each evildoer is judged in seven categories on a scale of one to five. The averages of each category are added up and the resulting villain ranking tells us exactly where each ne'er-do-well belongs. Whether it's at the top with our queen Ursula or at the bottom with Aconcagua, the grumpy mountain of Saludos Amigos. Here are the seven categories. Number one, frightening. How scary is this villain? Number two, funny. How often did this villain make you laugh? Number three, fierce. How much attitude, sass, and sense of style does this villain have? Number four, effective. How grand was their evil plan and how well did they execute it? Number five, design. How awesome does this villain look? Number six, go away heat. How much did you honestly hate this villain and want them to be off your screen as quickly as possible? And number seven, yes factor. Whenever Tara sees a villain she loves first appear on screen, she says, Yes! How often did you find yourself missing this villain's presence when they weren't on screen? Follow along at home and let us know your own villain scores. And now back to the podcast. So for this movie... The scorpion. We typically yeah. only do this for our major releases, not our mini sods. But this one is getting to be a major release length, so we're gonna do the scorpion, <laughs> and then yes. I will uh, bring up the list and see about where it ranks in our over eighty villain ranking. Yeah. So frightening. I will go uh. first and say this thing gets a three or a four for me because it was furry. It was gross. It had that. It had like a. Like not the goo, but like a yeah, it's like viscous almost, like yes. coating on it. It's yes. gross. A film. Yes, that's probably a better description. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 
I'm going to give him Thomas? a four, I think. What do you think, Tom? I, I'm going to go for a four. Okay. It's yeah, the, four. It's the yeah. action and yeah. Fours across the board. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Funny. Does anyone find the scorpion funny? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> okay. One's across the board. Yes. Fierce. Does the scorpion have drag queen energy? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, because it's f***ing tiny. <laughs> this this was your thing, thing, is that it's, 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 it's too it's small. It's too small. It's slightly bigger than a baby ant. <laughs> not even a fully grown ant. They say at the beginning of the film, it's a baby. It's tiny. Maybe it's, it's a, a baby scorpion. scorpion. They aren't even born that small. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing fierce. So nothing <laughs> fierce about it. Effective. I'm willing to give it pretty... It wanted to kill the kids, and it uh, killed so it a did. major character. It killed a major character. I think it's major at least character. a four... And Auntie as himself. Auntie is a major <laughs> character. Yes. So do we want to give... I, I, I don't know if... So again, this is wh- where we get into the like... I wouldn't call that an overarching evil scheme. Yeah. So I wouldn't give it a five because I don't think like just I need to eat these kids is like, you know, the big thing. He's not in it for very long. Well, or she. I don't know what the gender of this. Oh, they. Is Should we just say three? Yeah, we could. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, I'm going to say a four. Oh, okay. I really like right. Auntie, okay? I was really wrecked when I came to the realization that Auntie was going to be no more. So I'm going to give it a three. You're going to give it a four. John, it sounded like you wanted. So a three. Yeah, and I'm a three. Two threes? Okay. Yeah. Don't change your answer, Terry. It's perfectly okay. It's fine. I love Auntie. Um, design. <laughs> I'm willing to give it. I think this also goes towards its frighteningness. Um, yeah. I'm willing to give it. I, I'll tell you why I'm going to give it a three. I think it was. It could have. It, it. I, I like that it looked hairy, which is not something you think of. I like that. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't just look like chitinous, chitinous. However you say it. Like it wasn't. It. It, it had a film. It looked scary. Also. Yeah, I, I think it's one hundred percent stop motion. So it had this Harryhausen like uh, yeah. sin, old Sinbad no, movies look to it. Yeah. I think it also ha- was done at slightly different frame rate, so it looked kind of like jumpy and not like I don't know. I, I I liked it a lot. I am a big Harryhausen dork. Uh, I love all that stuff. Same. So I'm gonna give him a three. I think I'm gonna give him a two because of the point you made that it was so tiny. I feel yeah, like I mean, that now I didn't, I wasn't really skill. aware of that. But now that you've said that, it should have been bigger. <laughs> Literally, you could squish it like this between your fingers and it would be gone. <laughs> so I'm sticking with Tara and I'm doing a two. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm sticking with Tara and going for a two. Oh, okay. No, I'm left. We just I'm really left. think Tara's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, listen, I've, <laughs> over, over the three years of the podcast and the, how many years of marriage? That's the the seven years of marriage. And yeah, and more. <laughs> All right, go away, heat. A five. You got a five. Yes, I thought you because might because as yeah. soon as I realized, like I said, moments before it came on the screen is when I remembered what happened. But then it came on the screen, and I knew where it was headed. So yeah. John, do you have a five? I'm a five because you also you know you have that feeling of like even though you know it's going to happen, you think you could, there's something you can do psychically to stop. Yeah, it. that you can change it. Yeah, like, <laughs> this no! he's going to live. <laughs> No, this this one watch. Tom, what do you got? I'm going for a five, be mainly because arachnids and scorpions <laughs> are not my favorite. So, so I'm going to recommend then you don't play the grounded game. Uh, <laughs> now, there's literally, I think, a setting for arachnophobes where instead of spiders, they're like blocks. Like 
It's just basically I like, mean, this is a spider, but it doesn't look like a oh, spider. Oh, I kind of like that they give <laughs> like you that option, Like, they do some though. of that, I think. Like, there's a, there's, there's that sort of thing. Or like, And you might not want to come to parts of uh, Texas, because we have uh, poisonous scorpions and spiders not, here. <laughs> not, I, I'm I mean, there might be other reasons you don't want to come to Texas, which I also would respect and support, but... Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> might might be a reason why we're eventually looking to not be here, but yeah. We have... I would. We had I a, went upstate New York, and literally, even the spiders there, like, they're wolf spiders. Oh, yeah. So, like, no. laid in my cabin mm-hmm. at night, no. and picking up at the ceiling, and you could see <laughs> Oh, <spiders>. no. <laughs> no. Just nope. no. Nope, nope. No. Yes, Factor. Was anyone super excited oh, no. to see? Now, I, I, I don't know yes. if I said. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, yes, a scorpion. So I'm going to yes. put ones across the board there. I will yeah. say, just to go back, I, I raked him a, a four- in uh, oh, Go Away Heat okay. simply because I remembered before the thing even started and that part of it was happened. I was stealing myself because I was like do I tell Tara now <laughs> like I don't know why so it kind of like I was more thinking yeah. well I, that's I what um what was that I mean, Turner and Hooch so we did that uh on the yeah. podcast have you guys seen Turner and Hooch mm-hmm. okay. oh my god once when I was about and years old. I knew going into it like he prepared me because I'd never seen it and he told me what was going to happen with the dog and then I forgot because I was enjoying the movie and it was fun and it was delightful and you know it's cute and then it happened and I was hysterical like I was hard to console like it was really bad I like was heaving crying it was so bad it was so emotional. I think also now too, because we have a dog who we're obsessed with and spoil. Yeah. So it like was even more intense because I just put myself in those shoes and I was like, I can't do this. But don't you find it's like it's it's animal stuff. It really it's is just animal yeah. stuff. That's why it's so hard with Anti. I was about exactly. to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He feels like a pet or a dog mm-hmm. or whatever. If it were the kids, eh. yeah, you know, <laughs> there's more of them. Yeah. Which one would you be the least sorry to lose <laughs> of the four? Ron. I would okay. say Ron until he forms a relationship with Auntie. Auntie. Yeah, then I, would I say, feel like... I would say Little Russ for two reasons. One, I like Ron because he has got a good turn, and I also think he's a good foil when Amy, like, grabs his ears, and she's like, if you were asleep, would this hurt? Like, oh, yeah. he's good for that stuff. And all, But also, can we talk about the, the quick makeout scene they have where they are Going They're going at, at it. it. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I felt like there was a level of violation. Yeah, yes. earlier. Yeah, <laughs> because like, my god, they like each other. This That's is yeah. the it's actors. I, I, yeah. You think it was they had it? They were into each other, and they're like, "Let's do this." This is our moment. <laughs> You know, yeah. when they talk about intimacy coaching now, that wasn't there. No, that no, wasn't there that for was, that. They were just Absolutely like, not. guys, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, well, ju- just to give you guys an update of where they fit in. So, Scorpion was a 17.3 is what the, the ranking was. Okay. And they came in. They are tied for 47th with Sid from Toy Story and <laughs> King Louie from The Jungle Book. Okay. All right. Oh. Interesting choices. Yes, it's it's. it's why fun. did Louis get that? Oh, go back and listen to our Jungle Book episode. I don't know. That was two years ago. That is such a fob off right Um, I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember. remember. We've done so many episodes. <laughs> That was our first year because that was when we were just doing those movies before we started. Yeah, so we didn't all stuff. we didn't have the villain ranking in the beginning, so we actually went back. So I do wonder with some of them. That was at Cinderella. Was that at Cinderella? I don't remember, or but I do Peter wonder. Pan. I do wonder with the ones that we went back and did, if we had done it after we had just watched it, would the numbers be like a little different? But mm. you know, 
it is what it is. <laughs> We're here now. <laughs> it has been wonderful. It has been very joyous. Um, it's been great to actually finally see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been so great to connect both like we... on the internets, like on Instagram and everything, but now like to spend an afternoon or I guess an evening for you, right? Yeah, spend some time together. Well, listen, yeah. I, I, I will call it now. If you if you two need a, a guest host for the Ewok oh. Adventures episode, oh. you, you yes. get yes. back. We'll make that happen. And I'll finally Double get episode. her to watch the second one. Yeah, I haven't seen the second one, so. No, I it's haven't gonna, seen the second one. It's going to traumatize you, Zara. I, I'm ready for It'll it. It'll traumatize you early, though, so that's okay, good. Okay, so I get it over. It's like minutes, ripping yes. a Band-Aid off. There you go. Okay, got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the glad. Big, the big, the big question I to ask, have you watched the holiday special? No, I have I not. Have I've, I've tried. I've, yeah. I've I just get bored. I'm like, not only, like, to me, it's it's a train wreck, but it's also just, like, boring. And I'm like, I've, I've kind of sat there with it on YouTube and gone, like, skip forward, skip forward, skip forward, and done that. But, like, I haven't, like, sat down and gotten a, mixed a drink yeah. and watched it or whatever. Be after me- having, like, a five-minute solo just telling everyone to leave a pub, you know, it's yeah. great. To me, it was like some the writers went out and got absolutely faced, and then wrote something that at the time they thought was genius. Well, <laughs> Star Wars is such a watershed moment in entertainment, and this feels like Star Wars is a movie that looks forward in what entertainment is going to be, and the holiday special looks like it's looking backwards into like the Sonny and Cher show and like variety yeah. shows. And it just feels like they got all these like old writers who had done a certain amount of stuff, and they're like, "Hey, write this stuff for." The Star Wars, and they're like, I don't, I haven't seen Star Wars, like whatever. So it just feels like I think that's why it's so at 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 odds with each other. But and then you've got Carrie Fisher, who's apparently like doped up on Percocets mm. the whole time or whatever, yeah. like trying like singing. You need it's, to be, you need to be. listen. Like it may have she may have had the best plan of everybody on that <laughs> set. <so. laughs> yeah, she knew how to get through that. Mm-hmm. So i think that's it that is a bumper episode that is a bumper just looking at the time that is a a massive episode thank you for coming on please come back again absolutely yes, we would love to time. yeah this was great and you know if you're looking for long episodes we're yeah. the ones to call because <laughs> we just get sidetracked but yeah thank you so much this for the invitation this is great thanks for listening to tara and ryan's princess diaries If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five star review. Check out pods.link slash TR Princess Diaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh